0: This podcast is brought to you by patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Head there to check out exclusive podcasts like Talking Futurama, Talking of the Hill, the What a Cartoon Movie podcast, and tons more.
1: I heartily endorse this event
2: or product.
3: Ahoy hoy, everybody, and welcome to Talking Simpsons, the podcast that made all those hillbillies go blind. I'm one of your hosts, Big Shirtless Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons, who is here with me today, as always... A big sack of sugar, Henry Gilberts. And who is our very special guest today... Oh, I'd say it, I'm Griffin Newman. And this week's episode is Colonel Homer.
4: How am I doing on the right?
1: Uh, we're getting a lot of sparks over here, Dad. Uh-huh. Easy.
4: Easy. Perfect. All right, everybody out the window.
3: This episode originally aired on March 26, 1992, and as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real-world history.
0: (gasps) Oh my god! Oh boy, Bobby. Mike Tyson is sentenced to 10 years in jail for a thing that's not funny to talk about. White men can't jump, tops the box office, and Silence of the Lambs wins big at the Oscars normally we talk about movies but i did feel like i was like oh we should uh, it's pretty good timing we have the 1992 oscars to talk about with with our guest here in griffin but uh, yeah science of the lambs a big surprise win wasn't it at the time
5: yeah yeah we we covered that movie on our podcast uh blank check which i host with david sims and that is i think one of the coolest movies Best Picture winners ever. You watch it today, and it still feels like this is kind of stunning that the Academy went for it. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is, it was such a huge fucking hit. But it came out in like it, it, February, March. Yeah, yeah. So it wins the Oscar like a year after it came out, which even back in those days still rarely happened. Now it's like the Best Picture winner almost always comes out in the last two months, three months of the year. But back then, even you barely got something that early that lingered for that long. Everyone. Thought it was too violent it was too weird and not only does it win but it wins like every major category
3: and i think this is the uh the first time an animated movie makes it into best picture and it won't happen again until toy story 3 correct okay or or, no up Up, Yeah. yes yes
5: that but it but in the with 10.
0: yeah in the 10 era it doesn't count the same as how beauty and the beast pulled it off yeah i was (laughs) oh i will say i will say
5: i was on a flight to here to record talking simpsons exclusively the only reason i flew out here <laughs> and we thank you <laughs> yes my pleasure and i will invoice you guys <laughs> but um they, they were they were doing the inflate trivia thing and the question was what was the first animated film to win best picture what and but... the options were beauty and the beast up <laughs> what? and toy story 3 and it was like they flipped win nomination hmm and then like it selects beauty and the beast as the correct answer and then it says like beauty and the beast one best picture <laughs> Well, good for Beauty and in the Beast. 19- like it make like them? doubled down on the fact. Yeah. Did you make them land the plane? Yeah, I said, get me the fuck off. I was in an exit row and I just pulled the lever and I jumped out. No well, far. I was at
3: Simpsons Trivia a few months ago and mm. they got an answer wrong and I knew the answer. It was like panic attack time for me. Wait, can you can you share what it was? It was uh, it was the name, like who is the antiquarian in Springfield and it's Hollis Hurlbut. But they had wow. the name uh, incorrect in some way, I, I forget. Okay. And uh, I knew I was right. Yeah. I knew I was right.
0: I I hosted, I in a weird former life, I had to host a Star Trek trivia thing, mm. but the questions were all written before I got there. Oh. And so I had to present them and I just had to trust like, well, they got everything right. And one of the questions was that I am not a Star Trek super expert, uh-huh. but even I know that Worf is the guy who says, I am not a merry man in the Robin Hood episode. And that question comes up and they're like, who said it? And Worf is there. But whoever programmed it made it data. And I felt, and when the question came up and every person in the audience got it wrong because it was a Wharf, that I was getting booed remorselessly. I was like, I didn't write this. I did. <laughs> so then I spent the whole rest of the night doing, we were going to be doing it the next day. I was like, yeah. I have to double check every single one of these or else these Star Trek conventioners in Las Vegas are going to destroy me.
5: I, I I know we're going pretty far afield pretty quickly <laughs> yeah. here.
0: We do that up front. Yeah, but I uh
5: t- 10 plus years ago there was a thing where I was up for to do like the red carpet stuff for the Sundance Channel mm-hmm. and then that somehow morphed into them being like we we might need a person to do like the interstitials and in programming in between programming Hmm. we're gonna like test you out to be that guy and the interstitials were all gonna be sponsored by Starbucks and they were like, we want, like, a persona in between shows who's, like, kind of a hipper Robert Osborne and, like, younger who can, like, give context for the movies in these Starbucks. And I was like, this feels like a job I'm well-suited yeah. for. It. This, mm-hmm. You know, I'm, like, in my early 20s. I'm, like, looking for any break. I'm like, this seems like a thing I'd be good for. And then it, what it ends up being is I have to self-identify as resident movie expert <laughs> Griffin Newman <laughs> while sitting, like, wearing, like, business casual wear at a Starbucks using language that's all been vetted by the Starbucks team. So they were like, uh, you know, and it was, it was comparing that Oscar season to other movies that Sundance had access to or whatever. So they were like, if you enjoyed the subtle notes and bold flavors of Daniel Day Lewis's performance in Lincoln, you might also enjoy my beautiful Laundrette or whatever it was. Right. And Uh I kept on being like, this wording is weird. And there's a team of Starbucks people. And they were like, you cannot change the wording at all. Every term you use to describe a movie or performance has to also be applicable to coffee and the new roast they're trying to promote. (laughs) But the worst part of it was like, hey, here's a fun trivia fact. This year, John Goodman is in Argo, nominated for Best Picture. But do you know that he was also in The Big Lebowski? Pretty cool, huh? (laughs) Most people don't know that. It was truly, that was the level of trivia fact. And I had to like say this and be like, I'm Griffin Newman, like my own name. And some guy tweeted at me and was like, hey, dipshit, your trivia facts suck. Everyone knows this shit. And I DM'd him and I was like, my guy, I couldn't agree with you more. This was the worst experience of my life. Trivia. I think everyone agreed this was mutually bad, and he was almost he, like he messaged me back and was like, "I understand that sounds terrible. What an awful position to be in. <laughs>
3: you How should, embarrassing. You should have to click at least twice on IMDb to get good trivia. That, yeah. That's a one-click trivia fact.
5: No, not even. I don't think anyone would bother to submit. Do you know this guy was also in another movie? That's not IMDb trivia. That's just an IMDb list. That's a career yeah. page. That's, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and white man can't. Judge. I only saw that on uh, cable a few mm-hmm. times. It's about basketball con men, right? Hustlers? Yeah. Yeah. Hustlers. Yeah. 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 Con men's a strong term. Sure. Hustler, Hustlers. Yeah. 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 And it, uh, I mean, in the box office game, uh, don't want to do that. It, it, but. Uh, it did, did defeat two big nineteen ninety two uh early nineteen ninety two movies. Uh, oh this
5: weekend when the movie when, yes, when this yeah. episode yeah. airs? No, they
0: weren't new, yes. Okay, yeah. Okay. It was uh one is a very sexy movie of, of early nineteen ninety two. Uh maybe it did come out in late ninety one. I think it's uh, new to ninety two though. Is it like disclosure? Uh, uh in the in that ballpark uh but a little earlier with uh, with a Stone Cold Fox. You know that maybe too obvious. Lisa, uh, I, yes. I do know
3: the answer, but this is Griffin's game yes. to win. Okay, it's
5: not Sharon Stone, is
3: it? It is. Yes. Is yeah. it
0: Basic Instinct? It is Basic wow. Instinct. Yes. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, and then a co- uh, it is a comedy, the a big comedy of uh of '92, a surprise one.
5: Uh, Wayne's World. One. It is Wayne's mm. World. World, right? Yes. Which I just hey. know was like a January release. Mm. Yeah. Mm.
0: Wow. I watched the that. I think I watched that twice in theaters as a kid. Wayne's World. But, it is uh, uh, <laughs> uh, in my opinion,
5: one of the all-time
0: great film comedies. <laughs> Really? I don't think there's I like *McGruber* more than it in SNL comedy world. That's a really tough one. Mm. There there are few comedies I like
5: more than Wayne's World. So it's Mm. my default best SNL movie, but it's almost an unfair competition. (laughs) Like, *McGruber*, I think, is phenomenal. Mm -hmm, But Wayne's World, I put up there with, like, the best of Ernst Lubitsch. (laughs) Wow.
0: Yeah. Uh, But but anyway, that's that's what happened in the history of this uh, episode.
3: And joining us today is Griffin Newman here in person. He was last with us on uh, Pokemon.
5: Welcome to the show, Griffin, of the (laughs) Blank Check Podcast. Right. Thank you guys for having me. we were, we were supposed to do an in person episode a year ago mm-hmm. yeah that's uh, <laughs> that got that got punted because of omicron but i remember when the Pokemon episode came out and I, it got cross posted onto like the blank check reddit oh yeah <laughs> and people were confounded where they're like In the entire run of The Simpsons, why is this the number one episode he would pick? Not understanding that you guys have, like, a chronological narrative to follow. But this is... I wouldn't say it's one of my all-time favorite episodes, but this, and the timing just worked out well, is much closer to being, like... A major canonical episode
0: mm. for me. Yeah. Though it was fun to talk about your love of Michael Keaton in that one. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. From, yes, it was fun <laughs> to talk
5: about Keaton, but this has the same thing. I mean, we talked about in the Pokemon episode felt like a vestige of th- what this episode does well that the show had started to move away from, which is like you hire a guest star who isn't just the most famous person at that moment to give an actual performance Mm -hmm. with a real character. It's not just them doing a version of their persona with a caricature that looks like them.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, well this is a real Country fried episode, that's why we add on a guy from New York City. yeah, but, but, yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> uh but i mean griffin you're here for a landmark episode because this is the sole episode that matt Groening ever wrote for the simpsons the the only episode he ever wrote
0: yeah that he has he has full writing credit on like technically sure he, he co-wrote some enchanted evening right i was gonna say telltale yeah, head i think tell there's tell like a head. few yes. in early seasons and in 22 short films he has a co he's one of the i think he wrote a short in that right, right but, but yeah.
5: basically that episode is like every staff writer at the show at that time gets credit. Right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Right. So this is like the one true graining episode. Yeah. Whatever that means. As much as the show is always obviously a collaborative thing.
0: Well, yeah. me and Bob have the theories on why. Uh, yeah. The, the timing exactly of it. Too,
5: I, yeah. I, my, my theory, it's
3: it's I mean, it's the end of season three. Yeah. Uh, we know behind the scenes big Sam Simon feud. They're not getting along. Right. Matt Groening's getting all the credit in the press. I think this is him saying I can do an episode. Interesting. And he says, yes, I had a lot of help uh, from the staff because yeah. he is not a, a TV writer. Writer, right, but I think like he felt that if he felt it necessary to actually have his name on an episode because the Sam Simon feud was just heating up so much and Sam Simon will be gone very, very soon. Yeah, yeah. not from this earth, but from the show no,
5: no. that takes longer. When yes. does when, <laughs> when does <laughs> Sam Simon officially leave the show? Is, the,
3: is he like lurking around is, in season four? You know? I think four he's he's basically done. No,
0: definitely sorry, they said on the season four Treehouse Three, they tell the story of to write the King Kong one, they went to Sam Simon's house to watch and he's be on his big T V King Kong Together. And Matt Grating has a joke of saying like, I wasn't invited to that. Huh. But Interesting. I I think he's basically gone then, but they there's definitely been enough stories in season three of like, Oh, Sam pitched this, Sam pitched that. Sure. and Uh, on some
3: outtakes for homer at the bat we heard sam simon directing the baseball players we heard his voice yeah okay so
0: but we also i my guess too on that of why this is a kind of a response to simon is that when we interviewed jay cogan he tells us this very funny and jay cogan is friendly with matt Grating. he wasn't saying this to diss him but when he was we asked him like oh you wrote on the first treehouse how did that come together and he said matt Grating, you know popped into the writers room one time said hey guys we should do a treehouse and then he pop back out and they said they all kind of I'm paraphrasing yeah they all kind of grumbled that like Matt Graney just showing up giving us work and then leaving to do all the interviews again that gets all the positive press like so I think it is that Graney wanted to write this to say that if they were grumbling in, in season two of like sure. graining pitches stuff and then doesn't actually do the work of writing and he's saying, right here we go. I'm writing this thing. This is my story. Yeah,
5: yeah it's interesting. I mean, you threw me a couple options of episodes from the season. This is obviously a, a great season. Almost every episode in this season is like a good pick. Oh, yeah. um But I this was the one I jumped to just because I think it's such an interesting opportunity to talk about the graining of it all and his name being so inextricably tied to this thing that... Like, you know, I think he's less essentially a part of than a lot of animated shows, Mm. which I don't say to diminish him at all. Mm. What I think is interesting is, like, his involvement in Futurama... Is basically what most people assume his involvement is for the entirety of The Simpsons, mm. where it's like he's really on Futurama every time they reboot it. <laughs> yeah, and clearly yeah. that's like his baby, you know, with other people, but like stays in the game versus like The Simpsons feels like a franchise he started and then has now let other people like continue. Yeah. And even just in terms of like, it's obviously in his art style. But the show is so different from the sensibility of life in hell. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even feel like one of these examples of like, oh, a guy has a thing, and then obviously people come in and adapt it to television, Mm -hmm. but it has his thumbprints. The whole narrative of like him coming up with Simpsons semi-on-the-fly to be able to not sell his baby, you're like, The Simpsons is such a thing that is so thoroughly built by Sam Simon, James L. Brooks, engraining together at the beginning, and then really evolves with all these different writers who come on, that it's funny that like he will forever be matt Groening, creator of the simpsons celebrity in and of himself and people i think credit him with so much of what happens well he was really on board
3: uh in these early seasons yeah. if you look at storyboards they're covered with his notes he was very protective of the show some of the things that have an age well there'd be many more of those if yeah. he was not involved Yes. Uh, and he hated the apu uh, thing like right. they did it as a joke i think just to annoy him right henry I
0: think there's definitely feels of like they do so many like hitler jokes to annoy him and other and everybody puts the the very you know, broad original choice of Indian convenience store guy as they they now put it on Sam Simon who's like, that's funny. Just do it. Like, yeah. That also feels you know feels like they're trying to blame a dead man so people won't be mad at <laughs> well and to, yeah.
5: to be clear i'm not trying to diminish what he did at the beginning of the show it's just it was like he was incredibly important for the first handful of seasons but in a way that was like all about the tension of those three guys pulling at each other yeah rather than it being like two guys hired to help matt Groening's vision hit the screen
0: well and and i also i did get the sense with graining like right after he writes this script is when they really start taking off with Bongo Comics sure. and, and Simpsons, mm. which is fully his playground. Right. Like, right. He owns that. And I think it is like he does, especially because it is a Gracie Films production. Yeah. I think technically the boss is Jim james l brooks not mac reigning yes so yeah.
5: yes I, I mean look it, it, this is also the reason i've been thinking about this a lot lately not to invoke like the horrible thing right mm. but like the justin roiland stuff going on right now mm-hmm. where this show hangs in like this very precarious balance and you're like is there any way for that show to continue divorced from this guy right yeah mm-hmm. and like the only real example like that i think is john k but with john k the creepy stuff happens much much later and then damages the reputation of the show when he's originally removed from the show it's just because he's difficult and he can't meet deadlines mm. but it was a similar thing where you're like this show is so much this guy's sensibility his art style his worldview it's so unique and hard to replicate and he's the voice of one of the two main characters and Royland is like both characters his art style his comedy style and as much as, like, Dan Harmon is the, like, Sam Simon James L. Brooks to Roiland, yeah. he also has always talked about that show as, like, my job is to take Royland's voice, which is distinctive but unstructured and figuring out how to make it functional he's never like and there's a lot of Harmon in the show obviously yeah but he's yeah. also like i'm trying to build this thing that he doesn't necessarily have the capacity to build himself in his voice whereas like sam simon's putting so much of himself james l brooks is putting so much of himself and graining's putting so much of himself rather than them being like let's help graining yeah Yeah. i mean uh, sam
3: simon uh just because he left the show and was very bitter about it uh and you know graining getting a lot of the credit yeah people overlook his contributions to writing and even character design like he's listed as character design he designed mr burns correct yes. mr. the yeah. character design yeah, thing yeah. is huge yeah. with sam simon yeah,
0: yeah he was it's an incredible. artist with an art background yeah, yeah. I, I mean simon admits he He's a jerk, like, or he yeah. did admit in interviews back then. He's like, yeah, I also could be a jerk. Like, people were right to not like working with me sometimes. Like, he said that George, Car- like George Carlin, did not have nice things to say about working with Sam Simon on the George Carlin show. Yeah, like, so right. No, he he, he was yeah. a bit of an
5: egomaniac and a control freak. And the other thing is, he is one of those guys who experienced such absurd success so young that he started to become like untouchable Mm. where i think he just had like fuck you power in his mind of like well i'm right about this and if you disagree with me i
0: will make your life a living hell or quit you know
5: and it's he was the youngest showrunner in the history of television at that point in time
0: yeah which like now it feels like there are 20 year old showrunners all the time or in their early 20s -hmm. but back then when there were three networks yeah. uh, that never, ever happen.
5: And you're handing him, like, some of the most venerable, beloved, established sitcoms on television to, like, a fairly untested, like, 20-something.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, it's it's just at that point, it's like no one's going to, win an argument against this guy.
0: Yeah. It, so I think I definitely think this was graining trying to prove he could keep up with all these like I mean to Sam Simon is in this, but it also is a lot of Harvard guys like yeah. all of these right. the you know big shots or not big shots, but they are Ivy League dudes. They have a certain energy to them that yeah. Matt graining as a self-made like cartoonist. Right. He grew he came up in the cartoons. There's I mention these guys all the time, but I love their channel this uh this YouTube channel called Cartoonist K- Fabe they talk about Groening's cartooning and how like he was friends with all of these guys in the 80s mm-hmm. he knew all of the indie cartoonists like he had that vibe and here he is like in the shark tank of yeah. Hollywood mm-hmm. it, it that had to be pretty rough for him in a way yeah
5: yeah, yeah absolutely a- and you know uh, the Simpsons is so much less sort of political and angry and countercultural than what he created as much as there was this furor when it debuted of like this is killing the American <laughs> Family and yeah. everything. It's it, life in hell is is a very angry strip,
2: mm-hmm.
5: and uh, such a uh, and and same Simon, uh, uh, infamously angry guy. Even if his comedy didn't necessarily reflect it, but like the magic balance is always the sentimentality that James L. Brooks brought, and like the surprise and humanity and depth that I think as the Simpsons goes on, it starts to become more and more joke machine intricate labyrinthian plotting yeah clever mm. sort of uh, you know uh self-awareness whatever well
0: this is them like bu- this season is them building the comedy machine that yes. they've, they've slowly get rid of the heart that they that they were had. A- and this yeah. is
5: arguably sort of my favorite era of the show is this run where like the comedy machine is starting to be constructed and you're starting to get that joke density but also there could be an episode like this that really stops for human moments that has pathos and everything yeah. <laughs> And it's funny that it's a Graining episode, because that isn't necessarily what you would think was his major contribution to the show.
3: Yeah. I was thinking, why did Graining write this episode? Right. And and I guess part of it is he's not a Southern guy. Yeah. (laughs) he's from Portland. I think part of it is he does have a a music journalism background. That's kind of where he started. He was working in record stores. I think he worked at, like, Licorice Pizza, that record store. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I I feel like it comes from that. And also, it comes from uh, Coal Miner's Daughter. And uh, Henry and I both watched that last night. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Separately. Yeah, <laughs> we, did not,
0: we did not plan on doing it. But I was like, there was no I Talking Simpsons sleepover. But,
3: yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you don't have to watch it because it's, it's very, very loosely based. I would say like partially inspired by that story. But uh, it's like Loretta Lynn, Lorraine Lumpkin. Uh, right. Lorraine Lumpkin, that's really the only connection there. And maybe like a few very, very minor things. Like the biggest reference I saw was the use of the word dad burned in oh, sure. this and in <laughs> Coal Miner's Daughter. But, well, and, um,
0: and also because Beverly D'Angelo that too, is Patsy yeah. Klein in the movie right. so they're like, okay, we can get her in this. But, but another yeah. example of like, this is an era where the show would like
5: take... A well-known movie and then riff on it in a way that became wholly its own versus later on they start to do episodes that are like, We're doing this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And we are getting as a guest voice the person who played that character we're basically making it the same character
0: versus going a little lateral. My my theory is that especially Gene and Reese, they they learned that the animators could recreate scenes so perfectly that they're yeah. like, then let's just do that movie. Like they though. You, and, and they also
5: start doing that a lot on the critic.
2: The and critic.
0: Really
5: back to up. Simpsons.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Yes, right. No, I mean we we. Though also, when we were looking back on their career pre-Simpsons even, the episode of It's the Gary Shandling Show they wrote is a full parody of Driving Miss Daisy. Which like, is weirdly really yeah,
5: yeah. the series finale it's of last, that show. Yep, it's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's bizarre. <laughs> that that's how that show ends.
3: Yeah, algina and Mike Reese are, are just steeped in parody. They started writing on the set of Airplane 2. That was like their first okay. gig. Like doing Punch-Up on yeah, Airplane yeah. 2, a famously hated movie. Yes. They were on the Harvard Lampoon. I think they were on the National Lampoon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, writing like Alf episodes where he's basically playing Johnny Carson, things mm-hmm. like that. So they are kind of just like working in parody mode all the time. That's like what they specialize in. Yeah. And it comes out in episodes like this and in uh, Homer at the Bat.
5: I... Well, and like this same year is when Ben Stiller show is on the air. Is that ninety one or ninety two? I
3: think it's ninety two, ninety three. Okay, so yeah, we're in that we're in that uh, that era. But
5: that show gets so much credit for like they're doing movie parodies where they're replicating them cinematically. Mm-hmm. This is a sketch comedy show where the look is important it's not just the impressions and they're like replicating the shots and the editing rhythms and the music of everything and that sort of shifted the like oh the parody isn't just in the writing and the performance which like it, right is running on fox the same time as this show and yeah. then the show starts to do a little more of that
0: i i wonder if grading wasn't the writer of this if this was a like uh, say a freelance script mm-hmm. if Al and Mike would have just been like well if we're doing Coal Miner's Daughter let's really do Coal Hit Miner's Daughter like yeah. yeah like not just have Lean just be you know a waitress at a honky tonk have her have her literally be well I don't know they'd what would be the sideways joke on Coal miner Daughter they'd do like she'd work at a she could work
3: in the sulfur mine that Homer passes <laughs> Yeah, okay there you go Perfect. sulfur miners <laughs> we figured daughter. it yeah. out yeah. see it's, it's easy to write TV <laughs> yeah
5: <laughs> it's so easy but, but yeah no it, it just feels like an episode where uh, however it originated it does feel like at some point they started to actually care about Lurlene as a character and she stops being a construct or an archetype. Mm. And that is like the magic of this episode for me, both in the performance, which is so fucking good. Mm-hmm. I'd forgotten how good D'Angelo is in this episode. She really is. And, you really
3: fall in love with her by the yeah, end. Yeah. And
5: and the writing where you're, you're like, this is like a real tangible human being. You know, there's that gag that happens in a later season. Is it the Pin Pals episode or something where there's the bowling team that is the home record. Yes, yeah, yeah, and it's Jacques <laughs> from Life on the Fast Lane, her Mindy Simmons, and Princess Cashmere. Yeah, Princess yeah, Kashmir, yeah. yeah, yeah. I
3: will yeah. say her future appearances aren't quite as flattering, including oh, I <laughs> spent last night in a ditch. But <laughs> in, in, <laughs> in season yeah. sixteen, she comes back uh, for like a sequel to this, probably because they were recording the commentary for this yes. while Al Jean is running the show. And he's like
5: Lurleen, let's bring her back. Do not like that episode, and we can talk about yeah, it. It's, it's not that great. Played. No, no. no. Um, but it, it, it's like well, those three other characters are more comedic archetypes, right? Mm. Or, like, plot device. I mean, like, Princess Cashmere barely talks, (laughs) right? Jock is just kind of, like, an absurd notion of the world's Mm -hmm. most romantic man. Mm. And Mindy Simmons, I I think, is a great performance from Pfeiffer, but the whole joke there is, like, can you imagine if a woman who looked like this acted this much like Homer? Right. right? Versus Lurleen, you're, like, took... call her a homewrecker is sort of like almost belittling the character and the sort of like essential sadness of her but also the like nobility of her in like i i find her love of homer very touching in this and her acceptance of the fact that you won't sleep with me is almost the exact quality (laughs) that i find compelling about you you know you almost feel like if homer uh, if he actually returned her affection, that she would then be less interested in him.
0: I Yeah, she's not a person who, despite the song she sings about wanting to steal her hus- husband, right. uh, she doesn't mostly come off as a person who wants to destroy a marriage. That she just is like, no. oh, I fell in love with the this man who is being very supportive of my career. Which, I guess in that regard, it's similar to Cole Miner's Daughter as it is the... About the relationship of the singer and the manager, who's her husband? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Though Homer is much nicer than uh, Do. If well, that's Gold the thing. <laughs> and you're also
5: riffing on Colonel Tom Parker, right?
0: Yes, yeah. So. And uh, I think
3: now everybody knows who that is, right? I, because yeah, I of the was movie, say, yeah. right?
5: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now there's like an even more extreme idea of who this guy is and how sort of like oddly villainous he was. And
3: he looks a lot like Homer, actually. <laughs> if you should. look at pictures yeah. of him. Yeah.
5: But like Homer is is acting so purely out of like her best interest in this you know it really is this idea of him like he's not trying to get rich off of her right yeah no yeah. he's just like this hit me so hard emotionally the world needs to hear this I need to share this with people I mm-hmm. need to help her I need to protect her
0: and and lots of people in life say that to a person who they then are going to take advantage yeah. of like Colonel yeah. Parker but right. Homer actually does mean it like he's right. the one person in show business who who means this that he's like no I actually do just want to help you but you were like not.
5: expecting in this episode that at some point he gets lured by like the temptation of money and being able to sort of like license her out and make her do all the things that Tom Parker forced Elvis to do. Make her Mm -hmm. be in 80 Mm -hmm. movies and cash the check or whatever. (laughs) And you expect Lurleen to be more of a temptress and like neither thing happens. They have this very odd relationship which is mostly just based in like Homer is not the most uh, emotionally accessible man Mm -hmm. in terms of him being able to even understand his own emotions. And this song just cuts through to him, right? Mm -hmm. Her words cut through to him and Lurleen senses in him someone who is actually kind of being kind to her and operating in her best interest and not taking advantage of her which everyone you sense she has dealt with in business and performance Mm. has not been and also romantically has not been and as much as like she's attracted to the fact that Homer is nice to her I also think the fact that he is such a good father that he loves Marge is the most appealing thing to her because it's not just like I love him because he's nice to me it's like God if I could get what he is to Marge if I could be in her place and have that feeling is the most appealing thing to her, I think
0: you know uh I'm Bob and me were talking about this before and too though that this has act one they want to have funny Homer is a stupid jerk uh, jokes but it does uh it unbalances slightly acts two or three yeah like, I guess it means he's a complicated guy too yeah. But yeah yeah
3: yeah I mean like I think that act break and the commercials that would follow kind of like reset your memory of Homer because he's much sweeter in two and three like he yeah I guess I mean we'll get it into the episode but um he does abandon his family you know yeah. uh, sure yeah. <laughs> as far as as far as they know, he's gone. He's out of the picture. Yeah, it's uh, in, at the end of Act One.
0: Um, if Matt Groening had left his wife around the time he did this episode, this would be remembered <laughs> as like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yes. Just yes. These yes. justification movies of divorced men. Uh, yeah. One one more preamble thing
3: I want to go over though is that uh, this is technically the first Homer gets a job episode in which they don't try to justify that within the show. There's no built-in scene of Homer asking for time off or worrying about like, oh, oh interesting. But I have a job at the plant, and like Mike Reese was saying on the commentary. Plant conflict yeah yeah, yeah. It just it's not there's not even like a scene with burns or anybody yeah. else there and mike reese was saying on the commentary like this worried us like because there was still the reality of like no homer has his nine to five but at this point they realize homer gets a job can be a, a device for an episode and we saw in the past he was like the capital city goofball right he went to capital city to um work f- for his brother and on yeah. you know becoming like a car engineer or whatever but in both those episodes there was at least some mention of the plan or some scene mm-hmm. with uh, burns or whatever
5: but this is treated more as uh, like a a hobby and a passion project and i also think this episode's smart in terms of like him getting off the train right at the moment where it maybe would become an all-consuming career
0: yeah yeah you know
5: she's just sort of starting to have her breakthrough where it's like you believe even though the show isn't wasting time showing us this Mm. that he still could be working at the plant every day nine to five
0: yeah they there's in Coal Miner's Daughter, they kind of have that moment where they're like, "No, you're famous now. Like, we don't have a job anymore. Like, your right. your song's number one now. And right? You've, you've been on the Grand Old Opry 17 times. In We're a row. on the roller coaster now. Yeah, you can't yeah, get off. Yeah. Also, it's like once you're successful, you can't. You're not going to not be successful. You can't stop right. being. <laughs> and, successful. and then your biopic
3: gets boring. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to start taking some pills if you want to speed this thing up. Or the or the Telltale Whiskey bottle has to come. Also, that movie. Not to just talk about that movie a bunch, but I love it. Does hit all of the like walk hard jokes mm-hmm. of like, oh the bloody rag her dad's coughing <laughs> sure. into boy, yeah. he's gonna last long in this movie. And they play the
3: titular song at the end. It's what yes, you're waiting yeah. for. Like, yes.
0: Well now it's time to sum up my whole career in one song. Uh what's a cool and it's a great song. And yeah. and in this era of most Biopics just having lip sync in it, right? She's fucking singing it, yeah. like yeah, and, no, it's Beverly an incredible Buster. performance. Yeah, yeah, it's, she's yeah. this a good actress. Good she's ass, she's really going somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah.
4: The Simpsons will be right back. She's a beautiful country singer. Hey,
1: you said she was overweight.
4: He's a balding family man. (laughs)
1: You're just a big sack of sugar.
4: Hey, you did say sugar, right? This Thursday, their paths will cross. Uh, I think I can come over. Let me ask my wife. (gasps) It's a date. And they'll both find out... What's wrong? ...if Homer has
1: a cheating heart. I never thought I'd see another woman in Dad's life. What are you talking about? There's Sarah Lee, Aunt Jemima, Betty Cracker...
4: On an all-new Simpsons (laughs) Thursday...
0: Welcome to the break of the podcast that stands by its manager and a big thank you to our guest this week Griffin Newman from blank check we had him in studio to record it it was so great to record in person with Griffin we love his podcast blank check we love his uh, podcast as well the George Lucas talk show you should check that out on YouTube he does so many cool things and we were so appreciative of his time and coming over to record with us thank you so much Griffin and follow him on Twitter as well and if you enjoy the Talking Simpsons podcast with cool guests like Griffin you should know me and Bob do this is our full-time job thanks to the support of people at Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons for five bucks a month. Those folks get to know that they're letting me and Bob live our dreams, but they also get a ton of exclusive content, including each month, a new episode of Talking Futurama and Talking of the Hill, us going through those series just as in depth as we do with The Simpsons. We're in season four with Futurama, season three of King of the Hill, and you get a giant back catalog as well of us covering every episode of The Critic, Mission Hill, and many of our favorite episodes of Batman, the animated series. Please, check it all out for yourself patreon.com slash talking simpsons but if you want something even nicer than sitting on fiberglass hey you need to sign up at patreon.com slash talking simpsons premium level because that is where you get an extra podcast each month what a cartoon movie me and bob going through an animated feature film crazy in depth just like we do an episode of the simpsons often over five hours sometimes over six hours long This month, if you sign up, you'll get to hear us talk about Chicken Run, the 2000 stop-motion animated film, Aardman's first film, a huge moment in stop-mo animation as well last month you would have heard us talk about superman batman world's finest the first meeting of the two characters in the bruce tim dc animated universe we have a giant back catalog covering films like tokyo godfathers dumbo everything from akira to a goofy movie spider man into the spider-verse to beavis and butthead do the universe check it all out for yourself and all of the extras you get at the five dollar level at patreon.com slash talking Simpson. Uh, but hey, speaking of movies, this episode begins with basically a series of skits of the Simpsons go to the movies. Yes. What's what's a yeah. multiplex like in the early '90s? It, it
3: feels like they kind of do this sketch every ten years to update their commentary on the movie-going experience. Mm-hmm. We we just covered uh, Jaws Wired Shut a few months back, uh-huh. and it was like, okay, what is a 2001 movie experience? Well, now there are commercials and there are like word puzzle games you look at before the movie starts.
0: Is that
5: episode Autumn Shanks? Yes, yes,
3: yeah. yes. Okay. yes. which is one of my
0: favorite Simpsons That's a great joke. Yes. Awesome shakes. Yeah, I love I love that OP who repeats it a second time just to really drive home. Like, yep, that, it, it's autumn shakes. We, we did that joke. <laughs> we have a bit of parking comedy. Also, yeah, it's the Googleplex, which these were math nerds making a joke about the word Google long before it became a household yeah. word for everyone. But also the,
5: the idea of like, can you believe how
0: absurd these theaters are with
5: eight screens?
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. i In 1996, a 24 screen theater opened up in my suburb in Florida, yeah. and I thought like it was. Was the most advanced, amazing thing I'd ever seen before. Like it was, and I would go on to work at that movie theater for three whole years. Yeah, Yeah. AMC, AMC. Well, that's right.
5: Two thousand was when the AMC Twenty Five opened in New York, which Mm. would felt. Impossible. Especially in New York where like real estate's so cramped. Yeah. You were like, what are you fucking saying? They're 25 screens. <laughs> it felt so Or do each of them have one seat?
2: <laughs> that
0: was the the magic of the movies, then of like, oh, I can go to like four different movies all of a sudden. Oh, this is incredible. yeah. And, yeah. Uh and I lived this thing of trying to park in a movie theater parking lot multiple days a week for three years when working at AMC theaters. Yeah. And yeah, this compact car thing, this also feels I don't know, I was just in northern california where my mom lives and to go to the movies it was the reverse of this of like they we Came in a regular sized car, and yeah. every car was an SUV or a giant truck. Mm-hmm. And, gotcha. Uh, we yeah. were yeah. trapped in between all of them. Yes. but All
3: of these jokes about parking are from people who live in LA. Yes. <laughs> yes. Really. Yes.
0: yes. <laughs> Springfield becomes LA when they need it to. Yes. Yeah. That, yes. <laughs> when someone has some uh, uh, an axe to grind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we have a joke about like, well, look at all these movies now, and the Honey I Shrunk the Kid parody of Honey I Hit a uh, I Hit a Bus and <laughs> School earned, Bus School Bus. Uh, in Ernest versus the Pope. Although I, I think Bart is pitching the first pitch
3: for that joke where he says Ernest cuts the cheese. It's like, yeah. was that
0: the first pitch? <laughs> both of them was thrown out. both of them attacking Disney Films, the company that would later uh, own Interesting. That. And yeah. then look
5: who's oinking of of course. I mean, this feels very indicative of the the sort of Simpsons starting to establish itself as like the Harvard lampoon the erudite comedy yeah. we're making fun of this dumb lowly comedy <laughs> trash that America eats up like slop I don't yeah. think there
0: is mean to other movies now nope, I really no. don't encourage no. us like, and yeah. it
5: predicted 93's uh, look who's talking
3: now which to me feels like the most defeated movie title like look okay this is happening now <laughs> we don't know it
0: got out of control <laughs> uh, but uh, yes the the family seeing the movie together we would never do the separated and watch movies separately like it was always just huh. well my dad i think i saw three movies ever with him in a movie theater really uh, okay. and, and they my parents didn't divorce until i was 30 so uh <laughs> they but yeah my mom just took me and my brother to movies all the time that was so. my
5: dad was that figure because my dad worked a lot the week my mom was mostly main parent and then the weekend my dad would basically have to like take my brother to little league shit and take me to a movie <laughs> and I, I we the other one would have to go to the other mm. but i saw so many movies with my father and would just tolerate the (laughs) movies we wanted to see there was never the I'm gonna go watch this and meet you back here thing my
0: my dad saw Forrest Gump Batman 1989 and Saving Private Ryan it was another big three
3: yeah Yeah, Yeah, those be fair
5: those are like three canonical (laughs) yeah yeah. those are dad-friendly
3: movies yeah now I echo the thoughts of our friends on we hate movies but uh, Mm. showing up at the theater without knowing what you're seeing is psychotic behavior yes yeah psychos it, yeah. It, yeah absolutely yeah. yeah
0: no who who doesn't plan these things in advance like hard, like that's why i want to work in the movie theater so i could see a movie earlier right. or, or be on the inside track as much as i could and like feel like i'm part of this world
5: here of movies. But the only variation on this i will do sometimes is be like i have no plans i'm near a movie theater mm-hmm. what's playing at this movie theater <laughs> but then i look it up and i'm like a dork who knows what all those movies are <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they're already on a notes app I have saved, uh, a list I have saved uh, and yeah. I get to cross one off. And, you know?
0: and now every movie theater uh, that I, there used to be three movie theaters within three blocks of me now they're all closed except for one that is full of rats. <laughs> uh,
3: it's it's full of rats and also it is closing. So. Oh, okay. Oh, did I is, it finally a out? is it a regal? Yeah. Is it a soon to be fallen It's a regal. It's a regal yeah, okay. and those rats are going to be homeless. <laughs> right.
0: Oh God, they're going to come across the street to me. <laughs> but, <laughs> Tuck Get pants into your socks, everybody. Uh, but yeah, so it's them picking out movies. It's funny that Marge gives them money; they run off to sneak into an R-rated movie. Seemingly, uh, yeah. I love they pick. Homer picks the Stockholm Affair, which he thinks is like Emmanuel or something, right? Right. <laughs> but it's actually like the Hunt for Red October, pretty much. With the, at least you see a sub, you're like, okay, I guess this is Hunt for Red October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's
5: some Clancy-esque Grisham. Yeah,
0: I love that Homer goes oh, Political. Like <laughs> and also that it's about the Greco-Bolivian alliance. Like nobody cares about <laughs> yes. if Greece is friends with yeah. Bolivia. <laughs> this
3: like six-second scene of this movie just sums up all of these Tom Clancy thrillers for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Especially yeah. like the, the the notable name of the hero, like get me
5: Jed Colick. Jed. Colick, which yeah. is, I like, guess, so, is Jack Ryan. It's so right, they were so big and they were also like thought of as popcorn movies. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't like your serious Oscar Bait films. It was like people love to sit and watch character actors see argue
0: yeah there and it sometimes i even feel like now they pitch jack ryan is like like they've cast a new bond when yeah. they cast a new jack ryan it's like it's that's not a, a big deal to me i'm sorry no, I, no, no no yeah it's like uh is harrison ford with him twice uh and ben affleck ben affleck yeah that, oh i remember that ben affleck one they they had it like it was one of those things where they filmed it i think before 9-11 and yes. then it comes out after 9-11 and I'm like oh shit our political movie feels very different so now some but, of all fears yes okay. but was still
5: a big hit and then chris pine and then now of course uh
0: yeah oh uh, yeah jim from the office yeah that's right yeah that's his real name yeah. jim. Yes. Uh, office jim yes everybody's favorite good news lover um <laughs> but ooh, they all look great
1: so what are we going to see ernest cuts the cheese honey i hit a school bus look who's oinking! look who's oinking! Well, since we'll never agree why don't you kids pick a movie your dad and i will pick a movie then we'll all meet in the lobby later hmm? thanks mom <laughs> Mm.
4: Two tickets for... Let me guess. Look who's honking. That's right. Sold out.
1: Oh! Maybe we could see something a little more adult.
4: Why, Marge, you frisky little devil. We'll take two tickets to... The Stockholm Affair. Oh,
1: the paper called it a taut political thriller. Political? Oh!
4: Mr. President, disturbing news. Serious cracks are developing in the Greco-Bolivian alliance. Get me Jed Cullick.
0: It's now time for just, like this is the part where it really felt like grading to me because it, yeah. this feels like a series of Simpson shorts like of just like Homer's long staying of trying to drink a soda is like this feels like a Simpson short that would have yes. been on Tracy Ullman yeah.
5: yes yes yeah no there there's some fun visual gags in this the ice bit is so fun yeah <laughs> um but also yes this is like your classic you know I I, I like multiple eras of the Simpsons I enjoy watching pretty much all of the show right Mm -hmm. but you do get to the point i feel like it's a a big season nine and on shift of like act one is sort of like a misdirect Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and then the actual plot reveals itself and then act three there's some big twist beyond that where the episodes become like so jam-packed with story versus this you're like everything in this opening which does feel like it's kind of its own like isolated (laughs) sketch short film Mm. is still setting up the central conflict of this which is like homer not being thoughtful right yeah yeah and that like it, it the major shift in his behavior from act one to act two is like lurleen unlocks something in him so all the gags here are just so tied to just homer being kind of thoughtless
0: yeah which yeah. is an
5: evergreen great starting <laughs> mm-hmm. point for a simpsons episode
0: and it ramps up marital tension too. yeah like it works it works for that but i i am also glad on the commentary we get to know who did the soda bit that it was Susie dieter who'd mm. go on to be one of the, like their best directors and the first woman to direct on the simpsons people should listen to our interview with her oh, she's was really good she told us a lot of stuff about the highs and lows of being the First woman to direct on The Simpsons. Uh, but the cartooning in it is just so funny. Like yeah. Homer. Homer's face, how it's my favorite is how after spitting out all of this, the giant pile of crushed ice, he pops back into the same facial expression. Yes. <laughs> like, that's my favorite of it.
3: And now, I, uh, Griffin, you see a lot of movies, obviously. Mm-hmm. In, in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, my experience recently has been uh, people the pandemic has made people a bit feral because they're all like wandering back to theaters, but the line between the theater and their living room has blurred so much that there's sure. a lot more, uh, a lot more conversations are happening than I've noticed in the
5: past. Huh. Uh, I've maybe sensed that. It's, it's touching. I mean, it really is just a, it's a roll of the dice, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're beholden to the strangers you're stuck in a room with. I do, I do feel like there's a little bit of that. I, I went to see a way of water in IMAX mm-hmm. and I was sat next to a family. Mm, uh, okay. And I was sort of like, oh, this is cool that like families are going to see Avatar <laughs> together. What a, you know, it's like over the holiday season. And I was sitting next to like a teenage girl who like Tiktoked the entire Oof. movie. Holy fuck, you know, and she just kept on taking different clips and then posting them and then sending them to her friends. And it was sort of like this isn't the behavior of a bored teenager who hates that she was dragged to this movie. It's that she like doesn't know how to process her enjoying it <laughs> uh. in any way other than sharing with people in real time I'm enjoying this. But then I'm like you're missing every other moment because then you have to like look at your phone to yeah. it Upload it out, right? and you're yeah. locked back in and then she'd be like is spider hot? You know?
0: <laughs> uh, you know Birdman warned us of this. You know your generation only cares about getting viral. It what? was fine.
5: I, I usually I'm like really on edge when people are on their phones mm-hmm. within my like immediate like range of vision because of just like the bright light is distracting me from the screen. Mm. But I I had just uh like like the dumb avatar simp i am bought all of the collectible amc concessions <laughs> items which is like a bright glowing plastic cup and glowing popcorn ball so i was emitting so much more light than her on my lap that uh, i was just like you know what she can do this i'm not going to be distracted it's only fair that's yeah.
0: funny man i you know i i've heard some chattiness post pandemic but yeah it's some it's it is a roll of the dice i feel like the yeah. first movie i saw after lockdown i I believe it was cruella with it was with my my mom mm-hmm. uh and and stepdad because she showed us 101 dalmatians when i was a kid and we owned a dalmatian mm-hmm. when i was a kid so like oh this will be fun to see you're it. building
3: a good case for why you saw cruella yeah, yeah.
0: yeah it's this is i'm very okay, okay about we'll allow cruella. it uh, just this once but but yeah so there was a bit of talking though it did i was feeling a lot like boy everybody is just used to just chatting with each other during a movie i I think what you are maybe right about bob
5: is that when i hear people talking at the theater now it doesn't feel like people like yelling back at the screen or being like loud and obnoxious or even
3: like asking questions like oh what do you say like like what homer does
5: right it just feels like people just having a normal room tone conversation yeah with no awareness of the fact that they're in a public space. Like they're just casually talking about whatever.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, though, if I could complain, uh, the one chattiest group I've been in a theater with recently, it was We have friends who work for Rift Tracks. I love mm. Rift Tracks. I love I If I could make one, if I worked at Rift Tracks and could make one change, I would have them at the start of any live Rift Tracks thing that can be viewed in the theater with mm-hmm. Fathom Events have a sign up that says, You are not in Rift Tracks. Yes. You aren't funny. <laughs> yes. Don't say jokes yourself. Yes. It's on the screen. Like, because. We are surrounded by people at the movies who are like they're in I get it you're in your riff tracks mood you're mm-hmm. you're in your early 40s like we yeah. are you want to make jokes like mystery science theater but shut up, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I mean Mike
3: Nelson has intimidating dad energy I'd listen to him if he sure. lectured me up he's, front he, sure.
0: exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Bill, Bill Corbett and Kevin they're the nice dads mm-hmm. but, <laughs> uh, he's he's the bad cop no I though you know what? today we have much more control over our own ice ratio to soda or yes, which is uh, nice yeah I yeah. yeah. I go very light on ice with a sugar-free Powerade usually if I interesting uh, if I get a drink at the movies. No I, more no more sugar-free. I ads. usually do,
5: I either do, if it's like a Coke-free saw machine, a, a raspberry ginger ale. Hmm.
0: Ooh, that sounds nice. Or
5: or I do maybe a lightly flavored seltzer. But I like, Homer, it seems like he has this sort of like deeply, deeply crushed ice. Yes, yeah, which is yeah. the good ice. I the like best. that type of
0: ice. Yeah, yeah I
3: usually go for a Coke because I, I never drink it anymore. And I like sure. just the syrupy movie theater Coke with, yes. you can stick tastes like the waxy liner of the cup as well. There's just something about that. There's something about that. It's
5: incredible. Yeah. Uh, So then we have It tastes even better out of a glowing Avatar cup (laughs) if you're willing to pay an extra $57 or whatever. It wasn't that much, but it was bad. Well,
0: hey, if I I could show you multiple cups I did pay $57 for at uh, at, uh, Galaxy's Edge. Yes, Uh, yes. I
5: have a couple of those as well. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. uh,
0: that tiki glass, uh, you know I should drink out of it once, I feel like. (laughs) Uh, Okay, but so they also do a quick Cut to... Bart and Lisa which actually does feel like a sequel to there is a late era almond short called Scary Movie mm-hmm. where Bart and Lisa and Maggie go to a scary movie together but the end joke is that the movie scares Bart more yeah. than it scares Bart and Lisa so this also feels like rating taking more from that same same mm-hmm. area
3: and one thing I noticed for the first time I've seen this like a million times this episode is they're reusing old Space Mutants movie footage
0: yeah it's, it's Space Mutant 5's the Land Down Under footage yeah even Though they're seeing Space Mutant Six, uh, at least based on the marquee, this is near the end of the Space Mutants jokes. Stop has, has
5: the video game come out already at this point? Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, the
3: previous year it was like spring of '91 was Barbara's Space Mutants. I believe. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, very crappy game.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> We've done several podcasts about it, so we, we know yes. it very well. Such
5: a weird one. To, I, I'm sorry if you guys no, have already no. gone oh no this no so many no, times. No, no. But it's to been a bit, be it's been like the the game, the reality of the games is so heightened from the show mm. with the. Stakes and being yeah. like he's now fighting characters from the movie franchise that exists within the show and and bart
0: doesn't have enough like boss fightable enemies right too. it's like yeah. well you got nelson you got sideshow bob where do we go from here and as
3: eight-year-olds we didn't know it was a they live parody right like, no, four no. years after the movie
0: That's yeah.
2: True. yeah
5: it's just funny that those early games are all so combat based
0: yeah they, that's the only way you can interact it's also they were making it for the teenage mutant ninja turtle kids crowd right. not the comedy nerd crowd the cool guy too. bart yeah, sort of yeah. fans oh what a bodacious yeah. dude right, yeah. right I also like that Bart is like double fisting uh, candy bars too watching it like he's yeah, just not, yeah. not just one but he, one bite from each also when Homer is talking about what that guy say when I said who's that guy like that is watching I just watched the Fable Men's at home with my mom and, <laughs> yes. and that was I had I heard comments like that several times from my mom
5: I also like that Homer like cracks the twist mm-hmm. that yes. he's being like a dumb idiot who can't follow it and then he gets ahead of the movie uh, but just has so little regard for anyone else that he ruins it for the rest of them
0: and that twist is the twist at the end of the first episodes of dark wing duck yeah That's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> big coincidence <laughs> yeah. yeah but but yes in our first clip here marge and everyone else has enough
4: i think that guy's a spy
1: well of course he's a spy you just don't go through spy school oh wait i
4: heard how this ends it turns out the secret code was the same nursery rhyme he told his daughter. Oh. Hey, it's pretty obvious if you think about it. Oh, no, <laughs> shut
1: up, Homer! No one wants to hear what you think! Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: It is a really uniting thing in a movie theater where somebody finally tells off somebody else in the oh, theater and you yes. all just applaud along with it. You're like, yeah. Or when someone
3: gets kicked out of a bar or something. It just yeah, it, it makes yeah. you feel good about humanity. Incredible. It's just like, oh, we all work together on this. We I had,
5: all I this had one of those going to see Everything Everywhere all at once, uh, like opening weekend. And it's like people were excited for this movie. Yeah. It was playing really well. And it was uh, two women behind me who were doing what we're talking about, just like having a conversation, mm-hmm. talking <laughs> about anything and everything they want to talk about. And they like drop something on the floor. and they were both using cell phone flashlights to find it, like clanking around and everything. And I like turned to them and complained and they did the like, you're fine, you're doing fine. Focus on the movie. Mm. And I was like, I can't, cause you're talking. They're like, you're gonna be okay, honey. And there was, we were the row in front of them and then the row behind them, I like made eye contact with the person who had also nudged them and asked them to stop. (laughs) And then at a certain point, like 30, 40 minutes in we looked at each other and we like both walked out of our aisles tag teamed and we're like we're both gonna fucking complain now we're strangers right and we went down to the manager and he was like and you're both sitting next to her and we were like we don't know each other this is an (laughs) illustration of how bad the problem is that we have so quickly become friends and at the end of it we like shook hands they kicked him out we felt so satisfied that it won but I think that's such a key to this episode is that like Homer's selfless but the thing that gets him to drive so far Mm. is like he's so deeply embarrassed by the fact Act, that marge embarrasses him in public and everyone applauds mm-hmm. you know that he yeah. is so conclusively proven wrong
0: but he yeah, but he's just so thoughtless but he has experienced the movie how he experiences the movie he's right just like well he's this is more of the big dumb kid homer not the needlessly cruel everything right. i do is cruel homer. but her like gripe
5: with him her hitting a boiling point is like echoed by everyone in the theater yeah he just feels like a piece of shit
0: This this is the same season where Homer spoils the end of Empire Strikes Back on opening day (laughs) as well. Yeah. He's he's a bit of a spoiler this season and you know what too the the animation is re- correct when that soda hits homer's head uh, more of it hits into marge's hair than it does onto homer good. it is good. they they keep that accurate and graining has a funny story that this was inspired by his friend telling off two rude women in a movie too uh which the punchline of it is they the women do move and then they say are you happy now and graining says his friend replied i won't be happy until i see you burning in hell <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then their boyfriends enter the movie theater yes,
0: yeah, then, uh, they said but nothing happened to them at least but yeah. they were worried the whole time yeah uh, also it's funny to think when homer is commenting on this sub looking fake in four seasons he will be the captain of a u.s navy sub in the much more direct parody of crimson tide wow. simpson Tide*. Mm. yes yeah. yeah that's a good i like that so talk about a political thriller that's a good one i need I like to rewatch or, or crimson tide you're saying crimson not, tide, not, not that simpson episode. Tide*. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no
5: crimson tide rules
0: yeah it's yeah. uh it one of my favorite things is the conversation about who's the best uh silver surfer artist like that i I was like how well, is
5: this in a movie that's the last time Tarantino like does punch up on someone's right. movie it's like this alternate branching timeline you imagine where he doesn't become an auteur who can do whatever he wants and occasionally people bring him in to just make dialogue more fun
0: yeah it's, there's also another great line where a guy says like how did when a character has to ask a stupid question about how something on a sub works for the audience then another guy responds like how did you get on this sub if you don't know this yeah. like there's there's some really good stuff in that but they're driving home there's a good joke of Bart just drawing on the back of Homer's head calling yes. him one unhappy pappy.
3: A great squeaky marker sound. They love that on this show. Oh,
0: man, I love it too. Yeah. And yes, Homer tells Mars that he he lives with a certain <laughs> carries himself with a certain quiet dignity and she robbed him of Such it. Such an incredible joke. It's, yeah. it's
5: like a perfect Homer
0: joke. Yes. That, he's, that he is this buffoon. Even at this point, he is a big stupid idiot. Everybody knows right. that, but in his mind. The pomposity of it. Because as you yeah. say, I like to think
2: yeah. <laughs> like, like it's, it's framed as yeah,
0: yeah, and he delivers it like we've all felt at one point in our life. We're like, I've been in this quiet car ride the whole time, thinking yes. of the perfect comeback I'm gonna say. And now that we've parked the car, I'm gonna say it. Yeah. Right, and he, yeah,
5: it it it's the thing that you know makes homer still a lovable character is like his greatest offenses like this are usually out of as we're saying a sense of obliviousness like a big dumb idiot kind of thing mm. and it's like his heart's in the right place but he doesn't know the right thing to say and the right time to say it and all of this and i like that it him driving away feels less spiteful than him being like I need to work through some shit like yeah he just doesn't really know what to do with himself and how he feels he,
0: he wants to be alone not right. like be have a big argument or whatever yes. yeah yeah I, like
3: I, I do th- I mean uh, too much media now is all about like apologizing like apology fantasies like what if this person apologized to me in the entire movies about that but I feel like uh, in this case there should be some uh, making it up to Marge he makes it up to Marge by not leaving her basically yeah uh, <laughs> so like I don't like how he acts here because again uh, uh, in Acts 2 and 3 he's played as like oh a, a sweet man who doesn't know any better but yeah. this does feel a little bit cruel but again the, the act break and the commercials that follow will like kind yeah. of wash that out of your memory if you're watching this in 1992.
0: <laughs> right. I also like Homer thinks he had a good line to go away on and he has to come back to give Maggie back yes. which I think that's the better button on the scene like Lisa saying the, the executive stress ball is not working it's cute but I think Homer dropping off Maggie is, yeah. is a better button. Yeah, yeah I yeah. agree. Yeah. Uh, then we have a series of visual gags that also just feel I, I don't know the, the these gags being very visual also feels a little graining of like just yeah. a series of smells or also the, the, the flaming, flaming pee, pee I yeah. love mm-hmm. that totally feels like it would have been a series of repeated gags in a life in hell comic too yeah, yeah.
5: absolutely and I also like it's such a, a elegant sort of story explanation while being a funny joke of like <laughs> why does he drive this far away right <laughs> you're right he yeah. wouldn't have maybe gone like multiple towns over if not for the fact that in that state that he's in at that moment the idea of that ribeye steak is the most alluring thing and he will drive as far as he needs to and then to get to that point where it's like it doesn't exist now what do i do with myself
0: wow yeah you're now making me do the math joke here because later he'll say to mo i was 100 it's 100 miles away yeah and it said flaming Pete's is 75 miles away so he drives 75 miles to flaming Pete's, then the remaining miles to spittle county that's yeah. so funny yeah that <laughs> it's you're right he is left with nothing else to do after uh, then also after being bedeviled by smells including yes. open sewers next 40 miles I think <laughs> yeah. is my favorite of the lines there.
3: yeah also oh no <laughs> yeah oh
0: no <laughs> uh so Homer finally arrives at a uh, a real honky tonk br- beer and brawl uh-huh. and uh and it I think it's I mean there are honky tonks in coal miners daughter but I thought it felt more like the the nightmare one in blues brothers is, is what it felt to me oh sure yeah. sure yeah yeah, yeah. The way, especially with all the violence I like nobody gets yes. beaten on stage the, the steel you know. cage
5: bar yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah
0: and and of course they're all drinking fud because it's the backward south i i also loved hearing on the hearing on the commentary that jeff martin their one like texan writer mm-hmm. was like guys come on eventually he just <laughs> had, he was like stomping his foot like come on guys we're not all rednecks like you know you don't yeah. have to make all these hillbilly jokes.
3: you hear about like spittle county and weevilville For and sure. uh yeah. zeke
0: yeah
5: oh the Yodelin' zeke joke is incredible uh, but have they ever Sold FUD at Universal.
0: No, I don't think Because I know have. they will do
5: special seasonal limited time Duff variations. Mm-hmm, yeah. I would love a, a FUD day, you know, mm. or a FUD month. I, yeah. I didn't
3: know they actually had Duff. I thought it was just Sam Adams in like a, well, in a Duff cup. It is
0: called a Duff. You okay. order it, but I think it does. There's an asterisk, I, as I recall, there's like an asterisk of like, well, it's Sam Adams if you have to know the brand, but it's a Duff. But they're different yeah.
5: varietals, and they yeah. will
0: do, what it, they, they do like
5: Dufftoberfest, they, where there was actually a new special seasonal duff is that just a seasonal
0: Sam Adams maybe, maybe. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah but it's a different flavor I yeah. wish th- I wish they would do like a country music month in there and just yes. have like have a Lurleen cosplayer or
5: whatever that would be fun right. yeah. or even just like if if in conjunction with booking country music
0: acts to play mm-hmm. yeah legitimate
5: yeah. country music acts they sell FUD.
0: especially in universal uh in Orlando I feel right. like they get it even more now by it's- the
5: way talking about dumb dumb idiots who will buy expensive cups you can <laughs> (laughs) literally just serve me the same beer but upcharge me for a limited FUD mug and I will buy that. <laughs> we all will. Yes. Yeah, they... yes. Well,
3: I mentioned this before on podcast. I want to pitch it to Griffin because, you mm. know, Galaxy's Edge has that cantina, whatever it's called. It's I like... I
5: still have not been. I have gone to Galaxy's Edge twice. And the first time was early enough in COVID that I didn't want to be indoors for that long drinking. And the second time I just couldn't get in. So I'm still dying to go to... Well, Uke's. you
3: probably know the rules in that. It's like a reservation. You're yes. in for a certain amount of time. You have to order two drinks. Yes. I want that, but I want that from a Mo's experience because the current Mo's Universal, it's like the families are in there. Kids are sure. in there. There. It, the, there's no dank or anything and like <laughs> I, I you could actually set a drink yeah. on fire if you were admitted and and had to buy it you and there were a, no kids a, around
5: yeah yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good argument. I do like just being in that space, but it is like, right? It's half bar, half just additional seating for well, and bird can, mm. and you can
0: actually play pool instead of it having being a table with like glass over the pool game. Too. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: No, I, I agree. I mean, it's like I have a similar thing with, uh Cheers, where if you go to the original Bull and Finch pub, they're like in upstairs, we have a replica bar, oh. and they're like it's a replica bar in the sense that it's like the basic dimensions of the Cheers bar, whereas like. Bull and Finch is like a much more crowded small space and whatever. Mm. I'm like, it looks nothing like it. (laughs) And I don't need a guy doing... A fucking Ted Danson impression mm-hmm. but I want a guy giving me that energy
0: yeah yeah yeah. you know with with uh, Springfield and Universal my theory remains that I feel like if they wanted to do cooler updates now Disney wouldn't allow it they'd be like nah they, you, it, you're you locked in time for what it is we will not allow you to get any better because I, I we're do, waiting I yeah. do love it though like I'm
5: despite living in New York I'm an annual pass holder for Universal because the Universal <laughs> annual pass costs like 20% more than a one day pass Mm -hmm. so basically it's like I usually go to LA at least twice a year and I like that like for that price basically I can feel like I can go to Universal for, like, an hour mm-hmm. and yeah. just, like, get a crossy burger or, like, a Cletus chicken sandwich and, like, walk around Springfield for a little bit and I feel like that was worth my, worth my time. Totally. I totally. do like it environmentally.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, I, I And I do wish they sold FUD, which yeah. they... But
3: I think you're right, Henry. If Disney had control of that Simpsons land from the beginning and we we know why they didn't, but if they yeah. did, I'm sure there would be no alcohol there because yeah. we're getting, like, uh, cigarettes yeah. removed from Krusty the Clown toys and Probably. things like that, oh, so... don't even get... <laughs> yeah. <me.
0: It> <laughs> <dark>. <laughs> (laughs) Yes. Furious. No, yeah, they... Well, and also, they... Yeah, they wouldn't serve... If they put it in DCA, they could serve alcohol at least like i and there is large swaths of disney california adventure that you could shove springfield into but i love how
5: duff forward it is
0: i like that you have duff beer
5: gardens and you have the seven duff like statues and and even in orlando there's a similar thing statues why did i say it like that maybe
0: (laughs) and hey you know if it does move to disneyland in Mm -hmm. like five years by then maybe they can finally figure something out with harry shearer and pay him to allow his characters to actually appear uh, in it, in clips of it, but
5: I, I do wonder if they just, when it's up or whatever, say like we're gonna make you pay a lot more money, mm. and you are allowed to expand this and do more, and they allow that to be the one thing outside of their. Control, because it feels like when it's already a liked thing, it would be weird for them to take it back, do it their own way, and not be able to probably devote as much to it as Universal can, because they have so many more competing franchises. You know?
0: Yeah. The rumors I I read, well, like one of those, oh, this is what Inside the Magic says type deals, but it's it's like, oh, it's a twenty year contract, so twenty twenty nine or sure. eight i think is when it might run out but we i guess we'll wait and see there mm-hmm. but yeah yeah the The simpsons do have a presence at d23 they've they've yeah. been bulking it up over time yes so, yeah. yes and, and disney plus and you know oh yeah i mean yeah. it's every month i feel like i read a new news story that just repeats the same thing of like this one service says that simpsons is the most watched thing on disney yeah. plus like yeah that. after homer says flood me which uh, that's a fun line uh-huh. <laughs> we first get introduced to yodeling zeke just for him to be horribly beaten on stage uh-huh.
3: <laughs> and if you follow yodeling zeke he makes it to yeehaw so homer could have hitched his wagon yodeling zeke there'd be no infidelity issues uh, there so that's,
5: yeah. that's yeah. my favorite joke in the episode is uh, uh starring in alphabetical order yodeling zeke <laughs> opening yes. with yodeling zeke. <laughs> yeah.
0: and, and he still is uh bandaged up from this horrible injury yes. that happens to him here yeah uh and so lurleen takes the stage we learn the drink service is going to briefly stop, which people People get so mad. They throw things on stage, including a live pig that mm-hmm. is very well animated of it, landing and then running off of the stage. Uh,
3: I, oh God, like I know every millisecond of this bit because of the uh, songs in the Key of Springfield CD. Oh, sure. Starting with our next acts, singing singing late waitress, Lurleen. And I yeah. just, I've, I've heard that so many times in the context of the CD and yes. the show, but the CD is what really familiarized me with that song.
0: Yeah. And so uh, Lurleen takes the stage in a song I'll just uh, drop in later in the edit right here.
4: All right, all right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, He's all healed up and he's back for more. Let's give a big drunken welcome to Yodelin' Zeke. <laughs> <laughs> our next act is our very own singing waitress,
1: Lorraine. <laughs> So I'm uh, afraid drink service will stop for just a few moments.
2: While she... They're all
1: yours.
4: Stupid Marge, tell me to shut up.
6: Thank you. Uh, tonight I'd like to try something a little different. It's a song I wrote while I was mopping up your dry blood and teeth. You work all day for some old man break your back
4: yeah then
6: you go home to your castle but your queen won't cut you slack
4: that's true
6: that's why you're losing all your hair that's why you're overweight uh-huh. that's why you flip your pickup truck right off the interstate
4: that's right except for the pickup truck
6: there's a lot of bull that hand you there's nothing you wife don't understand you, but I do. No, your wife don't understand you, but I do. I said no one understands you, but I do.
4: Hey! Hey, Lurleen, I got to say something to you.
6: I'm listening.
4: Your song touched me in a way I've never felt before.
0: And which way did it can? And yeah, her her song is very sweet and it is... Film like the stereotypical biopic like Mm -hmm. discovering
5: somebody yeah see this is one of those things where watching this as a kid I did not understand there was any comedy in this song I did not interpret it as satirical at all because it is so earnestly sung and it's like kind of a nice song (laughs) that I was just like any joke in this I'm going to take at face value Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, if
3: you if you like watch the journey the songs are taking she starts off pretty on the nose but by the end she's saying the words home and Marge and her right. lyrics right. <laughs> yes, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, which is great because in yeah in Coal Miner's Daughter they have a joke like that where she sings a song about her husband's infidelity and she's writing it in front of him and he's like who's this song about and then she like kicks his foot like "Like you don't know yeah, like, yeah which Lurleen is uh, yeah her design is really great like it is uh, with her big hair and her big eyes and shapely figure she's they tried to make the sexiest woman you could in a Simpsons graining style yes for sure. yeah but yeah, this scene like when I just watched Elvis uh, mm. uh, on HBO Max, and which I wish I'd seen in the theater, just to like share in the ridiculousness of of his Colonel Parker is so crazy. I think it's <laughs> kind of incredible. I I I am I, it I, 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 I came back around. I, at the start of the movie is like
2: what yeah. what
0: the hell? But by the end of it, I kind of he's like we
2: we are the same. We are I, the same. Yeah. I
5: I just I think my my defense of that performance is a he's in a Baszler-Man movie. Yes, right. You they're... have to compete with everything going on around you. Right? Yeah. But B also, it's like a literal performance of that guy does not capture the weirdness of him. When you watch interviews with the guy, he's kind of boring, right? Mm. So you cannot do a straight impression that will actually capture the energy of like, what the fuck is up with this guy? <laughs> and you need him to sort of feel like an alien mm-hmm. in yeah. order to have
0: this sort of like reveal at the end of like who is he? Is his entire thing made up? It's- it, I did not expect I did not know the whole movie was framed around him when I went into it which is a fun it's like
5: death dream
0: I mean there's mm. a million Elvis movies to this point like there's yeah. been so many Elvis biopics so I can see why Baz Luhrmann on top of just his decision was like well this is it on super speed like just as right. fast as it can be yeah yeah which and also as a comic nerd I liked that they I felt like I'd never seen an Elvis biopic that made so clear like, yeah he was a nerd for Captain Marvel Comics right, right. like that's why he dresses that way oh yeah. I didn't know this yes yeah he Captain Marvel Jr. Yeah. uh, The lightning bolt, the hair curl, Mm. the capes, all of that. The cape. I never thought about the cape. (laughs) Uh,
3: Beverly D'Angelo though, uh, I think best known to most of us as the mom from the National Lampoon Mm -hmm. vacation movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was cast in this because she plays uh, Patsy Klein in Coal Miner's Daughter. I say this in the most flattering way possible. The way she plays Patsy Klein is the way like Amy Poehler would have done it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like a very comic kind of manic character. It's funny
5: that this is like a more nuanced performance.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, actually, her friendship with, uh, with Loretta Lynn in the movie, it does feel like a Tina Faye-Amy, now you mentioned it, yes. a Tina Faye-Amy Poehler movie. Maybe that's the dynamic
3: I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah. But yeah, Beverly D'Angelo also wrote t- uh, two of the songs in this episode. Like oh, she wow. She brought uh, Your Wife Don't Understand You and Bag Me a Homer to the table read. Okay. That's I didn't know if they asked her, but absurd. those are hers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
5: yeah. I must have known that at some point, once again, from reading the liner notes of <laughs> Songs in the Key of Springfield and over th- and over again, but I forgot that completely.
3: And those are the two that are on the album, um, yeah. Bunk With Me Tonight, I think is the most beautiful song. Uh, yeah. Matt Groening wrote the lyrics to that, I think Alf Clausen just did the music and <laughs> presumably Jeff Martin d- did write the last song because he was the guy writing all the songs at the yeah. time.
5: That I think is unique about this era and the best Simpsons guest performances is you have actors who aren't obvious voiceover actors giving performances that don't feel heightened at all for animation this is such a quiet performance sometimes literally there's Mm. such a sensitivity to it Mm -hmm. and I feel the same way with uh, Mr. Bergstrom Uh, what's the other one I was uh, thinking about oh uh, Meryl Streep as the lovejoy
0: daughter Meryl Streep is really good at acting in that way yeah Yeah, but you're like those are like full
5: characters kind of behavioral quiet conversational performances which is hard to do in voiceover because you're rarely actually talking to someone Mm -hmm. else you know and it's you're in instinct is to put too much spin on every single line because you're isolating lines Mm -hmm. you're not getting in a flow of conversation
0: yeah yeah no uh, this you know this was coming at the time right around when the batman series the batman series will start six months after this but Mm -hmm. it's similar feel of like hire a character actor like don't get do a cartoon voice for a cartoon voice but yeah this is so different from simpsons even like eight years later of just like i am celebrity wow celebrity and then the celebrity does their shit. even you know
5: where it's like okay it's not literally rodney but it's the whole bit is that we know it's rodney he's Mm -hmm. doing rodney
0: yeah yeah Yeah. you're supposed to be like oh at least at least in those cases uh with on bill and josh's era i love that they just wanted to cast old men who were not commercially popular (laughs) Sure, sure. it was not the lady gaga's of their time they're Uh, just like we want jack lemon to just do jack lemon from glenn gary glenn the billy eilish yeah i I mean yeah we, yeah. we, we
3: love uh, Mike Scully and he's been very nice to us but he cast Mel Gibson in his episode and meanwhile uh, Bill and Josh they put Lawrence Tierney in one of their episodes so yes (laughs) Yes. there's a big difference Uh, there
0: yes Uh, but who was the more hateful person I wonder Lawrence Tierney or Mel Gibson? Tierney
5: might have been angrier
0: sure yeah well you know a guy at his age I feel like if you asked him about the Jews he might have a similar statement unfortunately unfortunately (laughs) yeah I like her song also mentions all these things Homer identifies with he's like that's right. except the pickup truck yeah uh but also yeah i learned for the first time that beverly d'angelo her life is crazy like she'd at 17 worked in the ink and paint department for Mm hanna-barbera she was a singer before being an actress like she she was not somebody who wanted to like be a movie star she was married to
5: al pacino for many years which is a very odd couple i forgot about that and she
3: started as uh like a backup singer for the band that would eventually become the band so oh, wow. she was a musician too yeah. And as was Sissy Spacek before she became an actress Yeah
0: I also read, I didn't dig farther into this. I read some headline about her that said too, that she was like in an open marriage with a Duke. And I was like, wait, what? Currently or at some point? I think this was in the past. Okay. This this was listed next to her, like had kids with Al Pacino. Yeah. Not the, I don't think it's the kids who are the gamer kids that made Al Pacino do the game awards this (laughs) year. That was, did you see this? It might be them. Uh, Okay. Uh, No, I know. I heard about it. I did not see it. He was uh quite lost, I'd say. Yeah. It was funny to hear him on stage say, like, I can't see the notes there but (laughs) games are nice yeah
5: Um, the d'angelo kids are are not terribly old
0: i think well i know pacino has a lot of like teen kids which is like he's he's, i mean that's a movie right there 80 year old uh, pacino taking care of teenagers yeah Yeah. Um, but (laughs) but yeah so homer is deeply touched by this song nobody else gives a shit she doesn't even get like applause afterwards (laughs) and she goes back to it she's this diamond in the rough that needs somebody to tell her i guess this is like Coal miner's daughter in that they do frame it like loretta lynn wouldn't have gone on stage if her manager husband didn't physically push her on the sure, stage sometimes sure. uh, though boy our relationship uh, uh, <laughs> you know uh, this is not an endorsement of that relationship in the movie but the anyway. movie
3: pulled no punches I don't think the movie's endorsing it right I
5: no, guess no. not well, what depiction is endorsement yeah, no, oh yeah, yeah that's right <laughs> every <laughs> single time anything that happens in a movie the filmmakers think is good and they like
0: yeah they all love it I love you made that great point about it in Clockwork Orange your podcast about <laughs> that that if you like Clockwork Orange you of course agree with everything in it and you yes. want to do those things the right
3: movie on. should start with the retweets are not equal endorsement every movie (laughs) every movie
0: just to make that clear Uh, but yes homer has this revelatory thing which you're even supposed to i think for a second think his revelation is your wife don't understand you but i do and he's like i'm in love with this woman i'm sick of my wife but that that's not his revelation no it's just that he thinks she has a beautiful voice that the world should hear yeah yeah yeah, but it also is like as we've said it
5: it calms him down it makes him more sensitive and Mm. thoughtful for the rest of the episode not to be corny but it's this kind of, like, beautiful statement on art where, like, Homer's this gloom who, like, <laughs> cannot express himself, right? It's the and power is, like, music. like, stepping yeah. in it. And this song cuts through to him and speaks to him in a way that he can't quite crystallize. And <laughs> yeah. the only thing he knows how to do is, like, other people need to hear this. I need
0: to help her. Yeah. But it does change his whole demeanor. It does unlock a thing for Homer. Yeah. yeah I, I like how he explains it to her. Uh, I, I've got another little clip here of, of Homer trying to explain to Lurleen.
4: So, what's your name, stranger? Homer J Simpson.
6: My name's Lurleen Lumpkin.
4: That's a pretty name.
6: Oh, you think so?
4: Maybe. I'm not sure. I forgot it. <laughs> Bye, Lurleen.
6: So long, Homer J Simpson
4: doo di de doo Yellow! Where were you all night? I was just up at this bar in Spittle County. You should
1: have called. I was very worried.
4: Marge, let's end this feudin' and fussing fussin' and get down to some lovin'. <laughs>
0: Mm, Marge is already suspicious there with that but uh, yeah I I also like that the the cut between acts is Homer stayed up with her like all night yeah. p- perhaps too responsibly not to drive home drunk sure. all that way yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, which is a level of responsibility that fits for season 3 Homer less so seasons 13 Homer Yeah, uh, but yeah that he'd it's just really cute like he stayed with her all night talking about uh, things though again if I was Marge and like oh you stayed up all night talking with yeah. with a waitress at a bar okay Okay,
5: but also to, uh, to your point, Bob, like he he never properly apologizes to her, mm-hmm. but he yeah. comes back and is immediately like, I have no interest in fighting with you. Yeah. yeah. You know, his tone is so different. I even mean, if yeah. he then jumps to the like love and shit. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they, they
3: start, they start him off in act two with just being very childish. Like yeah. the, the line readings are just very, very childish. Mm-hmm. And like, it could be that Homer doesn't know he's kind of having an emotional affair with this woman. Yeah. And I think that's what they're trying to play at. And I wish at the end. And he didn't. He wasn't like regretful about not having sex with her. Yeah, that, that little moment feels like uh, they wanted. They wanted to cut the sweetness a bit, but it's like I didn't. I didn't ever want Homer to be interested in her like that. You know.
5: No, and the Mindy Simmons episode happens season five. It's five. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I mean, it's like that episode's a better exploration of that. Mm. Uh, what if Homer actually
0: mind? did want to have sex with the woman instead right, all right. Uh, the entire time? Yeah, right. Yeah.
5: Whereas like this, I I think is so much nicer as an emotional affair and a thing that he almost can't put his finger on for most of it that isn't just driven by attraction well
0: it's interesting too in the mindy one that it's done entirely unbeknownst to marge like marge is very active in this one and she's like no no, i can see you're gonna leave me don't leave me but in that the only joke is that marge is like disgusting and sick when he's trying to love her like that (laughs) that's all the joke is with her yeah
5: but also you saying you know the homer's lines uh, his line readings are very childish like it's starting at this point there is just like an innocence to lurleen she is so Mm -hmm. earnest you know she's so kind of delicate and like damaged by the world that i think he just like calms down almost in her presence which is so much of it you know the opening Mm -hmm. part of this episode is manic and it's joke (laughs) dense and it's cut between the movies and all this sort of stuff and he just likes that she like changes the temperature
0: yeah they, yeah they don't play they could dig into it even more but this is also about like it could be of homer is sick of his life like yeah. he's sick of being a dad he's sick of going to the movies yeah. on weekends and, and crawling out of car windows <laughs> right he, he just want and like here's he's this sick of being life.
5: on the simpsons he's sick yeah. of how simpsons that? episodes
0: <laughs> run boy yeah. yeah is this is that what mac Raining's saying here too that eh, is uh, that
5: bad, <laughs> but, and i don't know if we covered it i forget if we mentioned
3: it but uh this is like the one woman this is what like the one man who has not sexually harassed her because yes. when he comes right. up to her and yes. says I, I need to tell you something she's like okay go ahead and it's not like I want to fuck you or
0: whatever
5: no, it's, it's like something way. very what sweet thing do you need to say to me yeah, yeah, yeah. it's
0: like all right this is the se- and I mean yeah it takes her even like four more times meeting him before she even says like okay seriously you're not going I was sure you were going to pr- uh, proposition me at some point in this like yeah you have to want something else but yeah Homer just loves it so much I as he said the scenes of him singing the Song I love the little like him moving the things <laughs> yeah. up and down while he's singing it. It's so great. On on the DVD you can see the original layout sketches of it. It's mm-hmm. one of the rare ones, which makes me think David Silverman did it because usually he's the guy supplying them with the art sure. for that stuff. I think he's the the only guy who bothered to share and scan that art back in like two thousand one <laughs> to to give to the DVD manufacturers. I think Homer maybe killed someone with this with that that man who got his gall gallbladder removed. Yeah. He might be dead. Lenny and Carl, meanwhile, they have now reached level of bowling buddy with Homer. They're you know, Lenny is a good singer. He's mm-hmm. I like his little soft singing of there's a kind of hush all over the world today another one of my funniest moments
5: for the episode yeah he's
0: he's just so like oh really and he's kind of whispering it of just like doesn't want to hear other (laughs) people say here. well
3: if i know you henry i think you're more familiar with the carpenter's version of this correct
0: i do love the carpenter's version but i will say herman's hermits i did Hmm. i have actually heard that song live sung by them oh uh, in in the early 90s right around when this episode aired i was living in atlanta and i became a junkie as a 10 year old of the Oldies station. I listened to it all the wow. time. Other adults then could not believe I knew lyrics to all of these songs. Yeah. And uh at the Atlanta Braves baseball stadiums, they basically had like, hey, you know all those people here in the Oldies, they're all going on tour like Chubby Checker, the Paul Revere band, uh and whatever. And Herman Herman's Hermits mm-hmm. and they did sing this song I I really only remember Chubby Checker though I have to say <laughs> of all because uh, he was a bundle energy even then
3: yeah you know? I can't believe there are three recovering precocious children on one podcast
2: I know <laughs> right? how does that happen
0: <laughs> no I uh, yeah it was it I look back on it, it's weird I also think of like Herman's Hermits then in 1992 are probably younger than they might be Giants are now who I would see now on stage that, so, that, like, that yeah. stuff
5: is always so upsetting there was that. Yeah. Like graphic that was going around at the ages of the cheers cast
0: yes yeah that all I, or or if i you go to see the new postal service tour like yeah. to celebrate 20 years since the first album it's like holy shit 20 years oh no yeah. i mean
3: even coal miner's daughter the premise is what did happen 20 years ago and yeah, then yeah. you think like this is like them telling the story about like fred durst or something <laughs> right. these days right
0: yes uh man but yeah the uh homer also he's you know I don't know if it's an intentional reference because the ball would need to be blue, mm. but it is a ball with his name on it, just like the infidelity ball that Marge had with Jacques hmm. as well. Interesting. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, Moe is more jealous than Marge, even when he learns that Homer went and drank FUD. I like these thought They took that off the market after all those hillbillies went, bl- went blind.
3: It's a more sensitive Moe because he's yeah. just like, oh, Homer. Oh,
0: Homer. <laughs> he can't. He can't take it. So Homer head back to Spittle County. I didn't watch the movie movie deliverance until my teens because i was like every cartoon i watch has a deliverance reference i needed to know what these are so i finally watched it in my teens
3: this is one of the more tactful deliverance references yes, because even yeah. tiny tunes would have like squeal like a pig they jokes yes, yeah
0: yeah which yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's i mean those jokes too were just how you could we said we said this about uh, a lot of movies like rain man the crying game the crying game mm-hmm. To make a making a movie reference were really just how you could make very off color jokes. You couldn't just make without the movie reference. Uh,
5: Sure, you could use a movie as euphemism for the thing that happens in the movie that you can't actually put on broadcast television. Yeah, I mean a lot of puts the lotion on its skin.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean post crying game. So many transphobic jokes Mm -hmm. got to be on TV just because they're like, well, no, it's the crying game. Yeah, you could just that was the other thing. You could just say the crying game. Yeah. Oh, it's a real crying game. Yeah. Just how I felt like I—I'm I, remembering on a cruise uh my family went on we saw stand-up and he said what well, counted as a joke was he says oh uh, is that hair gel or is this a something about Mary situation i was like that's not you just said the title that's not, a joke.
5: that's not a joke also what do you one of those situations the whole point of that movie is no one ever puts cum in their hair like that yes, <laughs> yeah. it's not one
0: of those uh but i guess it would have been uh he on this cruise it was a pg-13 set he could just say like, oh is that jizz in your hair right like, which well, you know at least he'd be more which also direct. by the way would not be a funny joke if some no. comedian was just doing crowd work and yeah. like hey you there in the front row you got jizz in your hair you'd be like what the fuck is that based in <laughs> it's uh, a modern day don rickles yeah. so uh homer heads to Lurleen's cute pink trailer and this is when he finally uh pitches to her really why he cares
6: well if it isn't homer J simpson
4: Lurleen, i can't get your song out of my mind i haven't felt this way since funky town
6: oh aren't you sweet
4: Do you think I could get a copy of it?
6: Sorry, darling. All my songs are up here. I'm basting a turkey with my tears, Don't look up my dress unless you mean it, I'm sick of your lying lips and false teeth. Earlene,
4: we've got to crack open your head and scoop out those songs.
6: Oh, I don't know. Come with me! Oh! (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's she seems scared that homer literally means to scoop the yeah. songs out of her head which uh but this also was reminding me of elvis like this moment of like we got to get the like let's record this you're you're a big star now yeah we're gonna do this but to make it modern for 92 they instead of doing a make your own record it's a make your own cd for for 25 cents where i just love how it just ch- chunks out yes, just it's uh, your quarter loose. yeah uh
5: <laughs> d- henry did you ever own, i mean question sent to bob as well but we're in henry's apartment so it feels more relevant to ask this did you ever at any point own the playmates lurleen lumpkin set no i i did not because it was this it was the
0: trailer oh that's great oh, oh really they, oh. okay they did
5: it was their run of like doing the celebrity voices and as two packs where it was like a mini playset. So it's Lurleen in like guitar playing pose with Colonel Homer in the full outfit in the trailer. And I was such a big, not a complete, but I had most of that line at the time. And Uh then unfortunately sold off or gave away most of it and now have been not trying to... (laughs) piece it back together, but selectively mm-hmm, rebuy mm-hmm. certain things. That was one of the sets I skipped on at the time where I was like, that one's boring. I don't need that. And <laughs> watching this episode, I was like, fuck, I'm going to go on eBay and buy that Lurleen set. I want to have a desk Lurleen that can – I believe it plays the songs as oh, well, yeah. not no, just isolated spoke. lines. Yeah. Oh, I that... think it has like longer sound clips.
0: Oh, that's cool. I didn't yeah. know she came with her own – I mean, that's that's Barbie playset level of that's like – That's the thing. Yeah. It's like a
5: whole yeah. little contained – yeah.
0: No, I I've seen the ones of you know the one I've been most tempted on. And I probably will buy eventually is the Bill and Marty set because like you know me and Bob are a Bill and Marty type. Yeah, always <laughs> at our microphone. I I yeah. will say
5: for my memory that was the worst selling set ever. <laughs> it was at the moment where that line was so successful that they were like literally anything we make can sell. And then they just did two guys in a radio station who yeah. you don't even see that often. More often, they're only heard. Yes. And it's yeah. like a boring environment. <laughs> two guys who look kind of boring. There was no, like, Homer included.
0: Yeah, there's... Well,
5: well, we're
3: slightly older than Griffin, and these toys came out when Henry and I were too old to have toys bought for us, but also sure. uh, too young to be making any real money. So Wait. it was like the era of $5 minimum wage. So it's yes. like... Well, I could buy one Simpsons toy for every hour I work, but I also need to like eat and pay rent and right. stuff. So this I would, was I was in a store where we sold them and it was heartbreaking. Yes.
5: Yeah. Oh, the yes. the age difference for me was that this was like peak allowance age mm. where it's like I have nothing I need to pay for. Yes. Other yeah.
0: than Simpsons toys. <laughs> I mean my meals are, are given to me. <laughs> I, I did have the full Mattel action figure oh, set sure. of the early nineties. Yeah. I did have that as a kid. The, even the couch and the TV. But yeah, no, I didn't I didn't have it later. I would go I also too though this was when i became a bit of an anime uh lover uh-huh. and so if i went to suncoast video with 25 in my pocket i could either buy a simpson set or one vhs of two episodes of the rama <laughs> one-half <laughs> anime and i went yeah. to rama one-half anime that's that's what i yeah, would do yeah. but homer gets a song and it's just like in the biopics instantly discover like hey i have a friend at a radio station i'm gonna play it like in in coal miner's daughter they harass the radio guy to play it live like it's it's uh, it's more direct than, uh, than just the luck of somebody coming upon it and I
3: think that this kind of scene is like a specialty of LG because I've seen it three times now where there is a song playing on the radio that kind of changes everyone's behavior it happens yeah. here it happens in uh, around Springfield with Bleeding mm-hmm. um, Murphy and it happens in the Billie Eilish short as it was, well it was
0: so crazy it was in the Eilish short too yeah that you identify like oh it's it's kind of just a sequel to the these all this song stuff the Mo gag is so good mm-hmm. yeah that he only says it for that uh, just to know nobody that he's not gonna have to fulfill it and especially not to Barney. Yeah. I also love Mel is just getting his just the shit slapped out of him by Krusty here. <laughs> yeah for, and, because he's dating his sister.
3: And there are rumors. There are like uh, there's um there's some things online about how Mel is actually married to Krusty's sister. When we see his wife Barbara, she's uh this this green haired sure. woman that could be a coincidence, but maybe someone was paying attention. Well
5: because Krusty signs off on the relationship after the Lurley
0: incident so yeah. Yeah. There's no
5: conflict anymore. Tells
0: her to take him to the co- take her to the Copa. Yeah, so that's a great. Krusty is a famous guy from 1955 who is yes. there frozen now. in yeah.
5: that era of, of fame. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. We said it in the Realty Bites episode, but look that one up when Mel is bowling uh, with Barbara in a house that Marge is showing. Somebody cared enough to give Barbara the exact hair color of Krusty. I like, like that. Somebody yeah. cared. Yeah. Uh, also in the jail, I love they mentioned that it was George Meyer who said, pitch pitched the line, it's payback time <laughs> when beating the shit out of these guys. I will say, if you look screen right, when there's the joke that all the characters, like it even softens the inmates and they start mm-hmm. hugging guys. Screen right, one of the inmates hugs a guy uh, and they fall they lower off screen huh. and I feel like there's a little more than platonic love going on I feel like it is it is narrowly close to the prison rape gags I was gonna were say, so funny back a- then
5: another yes. example of you can say drop the soap and it is allowed on any platform yeah. for any audience age and they, it, it's just it, it's that thing Norm Macdonald used to say mm, of yeah. like he would watch like two and a half men with his mom <laughs> and <laughs> no,
2: they right. would
5: make some joke of like oh she let me in the uh, back door entrance and his mom would laugh and he'd go mom that's a butt fucking joke and she'd go like norm watch your language and he's like but why is she okay laughing at it if it's uh. euphemistic in the same way where you're like the amount of things that like stuck in like violent rape jokes
0: by being like the soap." yeah look over that yeah it's uh
3: oh yeah henry uh, it's here it's in this scene and i can't believe i missed it
0: no this was the first watching it very closely i was like wait that guy is making the unnamed uh inmate is making bedroom eyes can i I uh, see this uh, Uh, yes
3: right there griffin if you can see that wow
0: yeah it's yeah. uh yeah. i i never noticed it before so they and yeah, i geez. he looks very I, worried yeah i also think that like that might be one of those um stick it to matt grading bits because matt grading did not like jokes like that and sure. would try to not have them in the show but it was the style at the time yes. unfortunately yes. yeah it's uh i mean again coal miner's daughter would not be made the way it would, today the way it was made either everybody loves it even lisa loves it i i like it's very natural that lisa loves this because she he feels connected to Homer like, oh, you actually appreciate music now. I yeah. didn't know you had this in you, Dad. Yeah, like, and
5: also it's like there's an emotional intelligence, you know? Like yeah. country music is all about like the the emotionality and the interiority of, of the feelings being expressed. Yeah. It's not like he's just into like uh disco duck. You <laughs> yes. know? Or funky, funky town. town
2: Right. Yeah. Funky Ten, is favorite. Yeah, that, Steve Miller.
0: That song is t- oh yeah. The Ghostbusters theme. <laughs> yeah. That's another one he likes, right? Yeah. It's technically starland vocal band but he then turned on that okay uh, uh, but yeah no actually that funky town line i was like oh right yeah it's funky town is one of the most repetitive like garbage songs ever just like won't you take me to funky town over and over again it's like a robot man asking to go to Funky Town too. But... Have you guys ever seen
5: Dan Klein's Funky Town bit? No, mm-hmm. no. Great, great comedian and comedy writer Dan Klein has a bit I it, it's he's performed in a bunch of different places, different forms, but I think the one you can find most easily on YouTube is when he was working at College Humor. He like did it for the staff of College Humor. Ooh. And it is him doing a one-man funky town where he plays every different instrumentalist or vocalist as a different <laughs> character. Oh. And it makes you realize how for how repetitive that song is how over complicated it is <laughs> and the amount of different sounds it
0: has going uh, on i'm looking this up
2: I it's guess. very uh, yeah, interesting. yeah
0: of course bart doesn't like it he prefers shock djs which mm. is funny that he i like that he puts it as shock djs not shock disc jockeys or, or shock, shock jocks shocks. yeah shock djs which yeah, I mean, uh, Stern was the big deal this time. Mm-hmm. Me and Bob were not aware of Stern until... Uh, well, actually, you knew about it before. I knew it because of the E! show, like, in the late yes. 90s. I yeah.
3: have a truck-driving uncle. Uh, I guess he used to drive trucks, and he was way into Stern. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I know a lot about the uh, the 90s era of Howard Stern, but I sure. never yeah. say on air. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> my
5: my dad was a big Stern guy, but he would uh, try to not play it while we were in the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But sometimes if my mom wasn't there, he'd It'd slip a little. He'd slip a little in and would play it until the moment where, like, he asked David Duchovny about his penis, and then he would quickly <laughs> change the. He tried to see if there was an uninterrupted 15-minute break where Stern wouldn't say anything untoward, and that barely happened. I yeah. think I think I read Private Parts when I was 11. Oh, ma- wow. <laughs> maybe
3: 10, because yeah. it came out in '92. Uh, and then I saw that movie with my uncle, and it was slightly <laughs> awkward.
0: If uh, if he Duchovny started on his dick, he's not stopping, man. I just he's remember like, that yeah. so distinctly, <laughs>
5: hearing. Hey, uh, so David Duchovny, you got a big dick. <laughs> and my dad just rushing uh, for the
0: nom. I forgot there was that entire series, Californication, just about how mm-hmm. uh, good he is at fucking. but he's And also how he can't it. stop. Yeah, He's like, I'm just so good at it, it sucks. Uh, it's, right. uh, poor me, this rich yeah. guy. I-
5: <laughs> and also during like season three of that show, uh, he and Taylor only uh, get divorced because of his sex addiction, and you're like, right.
0: so you're doing the show? <laughs> yeah, still doing it. <laughs> really? Uh, it's, it's the
5: whole I was rehearsing
3: a play excuse, yes. right? Yes, yes. yeah. It's yes. Like,
0: I, I had similar feelings of that, like Will Arnett was doing BoJack Horseman, and then during that he got divorced i was like okay yeah okay, and did yeah. flaked yes oh flaked even more so yeah. yes flaked is literally about him like falling off the wagon yes. right yeah yes but but anyway marge is getting su- suspicious about this like she's she's like oh it's nice but uh, uh homer just says no it's to get her to be a big star like mm-hmm. that jerk in the cowboy hat and that dead lady <laughs> which that's a funny thing to call patsy klein that dead, dead lady, lady. <laughs> yeah. yes yeah um
1: She's wonderful. I could feel her sweet country soul in every digitally encoded bit. Country music sucks. All it does is take precious airspace away from shock DJs whose cruelty and profanity amuse us all.
4: Shut up, boy. Marge, what do you think?
1: Well, it's nice. But who is this woman?
4: Well, right now she's an out-of-work cocktail waitress, but she's going to be a country music superstar like, uh, that jerk in the cowboy hat. And that dead lady.
1: I don't like you hanging around some cocktail waitress. Mars, you make it sound so
4: seamy. All I did was spend the afternoon in her trailer watching her try on some outfits. Mm. Well, hi, Lurleen. We were just talking about you. Uh, I think I can come over. Let me ask my wife.
0: Mm. It's a date. Yes, when Homer says, again, he's stupid and innocent. Right. But when he says, watching her try on some outfits, like a not stupid person yes. would know why it would hurt your wife to right. hear that. Right. Yes. Yeah. And
5: what he's doing is innocent, but he it's the absolute worst way he could phrase
0: it. It's a date. <laughs> yes. It's right. a date, yeah,
5: it's Not reading the room like, oh, we were just talking about
3: you when Lurleen <laughs> yes. calls.
0: Uh, so yes, Homer approaches, uh, It goes back to her. A tornado has hit in between those days. Mm-hmm. And yes, Lurleen is trying to ask homer to take some credit for it and even he's going like don't thank me Lurleen. you should be thanking your brain like even then he's like nope i don't want any right, credit right. it's all it's he's, all you. he's the
5: anti-colonel tom
0: though also yeah the the writers sure love making up all those names the triplets bonnie may oh, yeah <laughs> which those are the names of like every time Lur, uh loretta lynn says her kids names in the movie too i was like oh yeah that is just the names it's ellie may billy jack uh, but not billy jack that's a that's a a uh, failed movie star yeah really successful for a while oh that's true yes yeah yeah. So, yeah but it was he went too far going to washington that's yes that, that yeah. one
5: one step too far <laughs> yeah
0: i i also love that she says you know asking for something in return and homer says well now i was gonna ask for a glass of water but i feel good kind of guilty about it and, <laughs> uh and uh, it was mike reese who pitched the sack of sugar joke which apparently the censors grumbled at and then listeners i plugged it in in the break you heard the commercial it's right there front and center in the commercial so funny. it's uh yeah <laughs> but uh, also i notice here like oh yeah her pupils are so big like and, they, and the color
3: brown know. briefly in yeah. the episode for the close-up i guess
0: yeah it's uh to and as Homer is listing the reasons i i have a quick clip here this was hidden on the dvd tracks dan and beverly d'angelo actually improvised a lot more of excuses i uh, mean they, they actually put it on the dvd
6: i want you to be my manager
4: Really? Well, I should warn you. I'm not great with figures. Oh, that's okay. Or people.
6: Well, that doesn't matter. Really. I
4: make a lot of stupid decisions. Well, nobody's perfect. I have no experience, and I'm a slow learner.
6: Well, that never stopped anyone. Anyway. I'm no.
4: I'm. I'm not organized. <laughs>
6: well, I didn't think that's. I don't important. know
4: anything about the music business.
6: <laughs> but neither do I.
4: I did bad in school.
6: I didn't even go.
4: A lot of people didn't like me.
6: Everybody loved me, especially the football team.
4: And. <laughs>
3: they were pointing out Uh, that uh most of the guest stars even then didn't really hang around but she was there for a whole day she was like collaborating with them and also all of the male writers were following her around you feel the difference in this performance (laughs) yeah
0: no the the male writers were uh very happy to have her around i think they i think they joked that the only person they hung around wanted to follow around more was adam west i think Mm -hmm. he was the biggest hit on the set that day uh but yeah they they even goof on him getting in the colonel tom parker outfit Mm -hmm. when they say it's like it's made from a thing where su- uh, vented for Elvis that sweat actually cleans it with. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty great. That movie is nuts. I, yes. I, I really like that. I movie, really like actually, it too. Yeah. But, I think it's real good. But then yeah. again un- un- unlike uh, Bob I-, I actually did like Moulin Rouge even though I know it's stupid and dumb <laughs> and loud. And I really,
5: loved yeah. Moulin Rouge at the time. I haven't rewatched it in a while. I- it's not like I think my opinion would change but it's a movie I'd be curious to see again. I saw it for the first time
3: when I was like 39. So. <laughs> okay. That might uh, be rough. It's the wrong time to watch it I <laughs> yeah, think. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I again watching the movie too the, there's the bit where Elvis shoves the mic into his mouth I like, kind of like literally like sucks it and yeah. at first people thought like well that's a silly thing for Baz Luhrmann to put in the movie it's like no it Elvis really did that they're just taking a thing he really did. And
5: I took my little cousin to see uh, something Doctor Strange I think and he played the trailer for Elvis before and my mm. cousin's like 6 right and he was like god that looks so much fun I want to see Elvis mm. Elvis is so cool and he was like asking me about it and I was like well the real Elvis and he was like what do you mean the real Elvis and for him he saw the trailer and he was like they're introducing a new superhero like it was he understood the pomp and circumstance of the trailer but he was like this must be a new franchise wow. the notion that Elvis was real blew his mind and then I was like yeah I guess if you are looking at a trailer like that and you're like you're, you don't jump to there was a real guy who dressed like this talked like this like every Everything about Elvis is so over the top. Yeah. I mean it's like, easier to accept like he's adapted from a comic book. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and now yes. he's being played in live action for the first time. I think it's been twenty years since
3: we had regular Elvis references on TV and movies sure. because this was like the heyday of that with this. Yes. We just had a, a Graceland joke in Homer at the Bat. Yeah. 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 And uh, then there's like a oh, honeymoon in Vegas with the flying Elvises and all the Elvis sightings that were happening, things but, like that. But, but it's But even all, that,
5: yeah. I'm just like even if he's seeing Elvis references on TV, does he think of Elvis as an architect? type like Robin Hood or something right is right. he a yeah. mythical figure that now there's a new movie of
0: it's just like oh it's a new Zorro movie it's a right. new Elvis movie right. yeah. Elvis is one yeah. of those pop heroes yeah now,
3: will will Rob Schneider return as tiny Elvis <laughs> oh, I we, we need that we need that yeah. comeback
5: Lerman, <laughs> it, it wants to continue the Elvis saga but smaller uh,
0: I also like that Marge you know when she confronts Homer about it she's she's trying to be like she's covering her eyes like I don't want to look at you and I was like oh well, actually maybe you should look at me because yeah. I am now I've now gone all in on this country music thing Yeah,
4: Marge
1: look at me I don't want to I'm mad at you I'm sick of that waitress and all the time you've been spending with her and this whole country music thing
4: Uh, then maybe you better not look at me
1: <gasps> Homer where did you get that
4: suit a friend bought it for me
1: was it Lurleen
4: no I think it was Lenny don't
1: lie to me are you having an affair with this woman? No. Have you kissed her? No. Has she kissed you? A couple of times. I want you to stop seeing her. I can't. I'm her manager. Her manager? That's ridiculous. I won't allow you to spend any more time away from your family.
4: Marge, you're standing in the way of my boyhood dream of managing a
1: beautiful country singer. Your boyhood dream was to eat the world's biggest hoagie. And you did it at the county fair last year, you remember?
4: Marge. Lorraine's going to be a big success, and whether you like it or not, I'm going to be there.
1: Fine. See if I care.
0: I love the exchange of, like, did do you kiss her? No, did she kiss you a couple times? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's like, well, I can't stop her from kissing right. me. Like, also, I feel like Homer has a Freudian slip there, where he's like, "It's been my dream to manage a beautiful country music singer." Like he mm. says, "Beautiful" in there. I miss yeah. that. He's letting some out, but uh, Mar. He then says, "It's a boyhood dream." So to really deconstruct this Please. rudder, this is <laughs> the first time they've done the "Your boyhood dream was blank" and they show a silly picture mm-hmm. uh, because in marge versus the monorail he'll say monorail conductor was boyhood dream she's like no it was running onto the baseball field and you did it last year then season five he'll say you he wanted to be a blackjack dealer she say you wanted to be on the gong show mm-hmm. so this is the first one that though in Principal charming they do have basically the same joke of homer saying like what don't you remember we did that at uh, the car that shaped like a bowling pin like and they so it's the maturation of that running. Yes. And uh, and it's much funnier to say your boyhood dream was this. And then just show a crazy picture of Homer doing something. I think this
5: is the funniest one too.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: A gigantic, the world's biggest hoagie. Yeah. Which uh, I bet comes from the same place as him eating in uh, Selma's choice where he's constantly eating the sandwich he will not put down. And it makes him sicker and sicker, which we've all been there. Haven't we? Uh, Oh yes. Yeah. So, so, so yes homer uh they head over to the springfield versions of uh, memphis's sun records uh and these buddy holly jokes i actually knew as a kid because we won free tickets from that same radio station oldies radio station mm-hmm. to see buddy the buddy holly story musical in atlanta which is just uh it is also one of those biopics of just him say like basically he has a song about like boy i've got all these great plans oh man what <laughs> big plans i've got right at the end of it before they say like well time for my airplane yeah <laughs> yeah
3: and I, I think the animators are, are very tasteful about drawing this attractive woman but when they're mm. at this record studio and Lurleen approaches uh, you know walks away from the camera they've never drawn her from behind before and and they're really enjoying it here she
5: has like like Betty Boop proportions yes, it's like, yes. like absurd Jessica Rabbit would fall over <laughs> yes
0: and when she walks into frame it is framed on her butt first like it is, yes. it's, it's hips swinging hips first I mean this is the most upfront she is of like I am trying to steal your husband like she she, sure she comes in extremely flirty and to obviously his wife says like and you are like (laughs) and and also during the song when she says i've fallen in love she is looking at homer in the eyes saying i've struck on a love that is true like eye contact and marge is seeing that but homer can't see it but i like that
5: you know they let these songs play out at a good length and you have just kind of nice pleasant visual gags of bart blowing on the window (laughs) and maggie spinning on the record and then the marge teeth grinding which is great
0: and lisa gets to actually like join in in it and have a saxophone solo yeah nice uh actually here i'll plug in the song right here
6: well come on boys let's break some hearts Oh, the bases were empty on the diamond of my heart when the coach called me up to the plate. I'd been swinging and missing and loving and kissing. My average was eight. So I spit on my hands, knocked the dirt from my spikes, and pointed right toward center field. This time I'm hitting a home run. This time love is for real. Hey, Dad, can I do a handbone bone solo?
4: Stop it! You?
6: i been slumping all season, but now i found a reason I struck all of that is true I used to play the field. I used to be a roamer But the season's turning around for me now I finally bagged me a homer That's right. I finally bagged me a homer
0: Lerlene, we're gonna have to cut you off. We're getting some kind of grinding noise on the track.
3: Again, I'm used to the album version, mm-hmm. uh, so the Bart interruptions I, d- feel wrong to me. I forget oh, they're sure. here. It's yeah. like, oh right, Bart asks if you can handbone, and then blows on the glass.
2: Yeah.
0: I I also like that Mike Reese admits on the commentary, like we sped this up too much to fit time constraints. We were worried the song was too long, mm-hmm. and so no. I also in Mike Reese's book, he makes a point of saying musical episodes came to be one of his favorites because if you commit to a song being in an episode, then that's like four pages you don't rewrite. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. saves a whole. A lot of time in the rewrite room yeah, there's
3: three songs in this act alone yeah, yeah. It's, it's like backloaded <laughs> with all the songs
0: and then like you said bob this is written by beverly d'angelo and we watched uh her performance in 2014 at simpsons take the bowl at the hollywood bowl oh, wow beverly d'angelo came in on stage was even dressed up to look like uh lurleen and perform the song live it was it was a lot of fun they were they were, god i wish we could have gone to that then that looks so cool like yeah they they had her there they had kip lennon to sing the uh the Michael Jackson songs oh, from wow. it too yeah. yeah they uh and it was Azaria Cartwright and Yardley Smith were there. She was the host. I think that was the only uh, cast there, though. Hmm. Uh,
5: Harry yeah. Shearer didn't want to partake. So Surprisingly surprising. In
0: 2014, like a, so year, a year before he's about to quit the entire show briefly. Yes.
3: <laughs> hey, Le Show's got to go on the air. Oh, you yes. know, someone's got to write it.
0: Uh, I should give more Le Show a chance. If We're going to bag on it every, every there, year. There's like
3: 40 it. years of it. I have no idea where to find it or yes. where, where it airs.
0: Uh, also a uh, classic Homer line it takes two to lie one to lie and one to listen which is a uh, a line that makes no sense nope. uh, yeah and, and a great one that Homer just walks right past it but uh, also this is there's only one deleted scene for this episode and it's because they put it in an ad and the ads on the DVD it's where Lisa says wow I can't believe dad's got another woman in his life and Bart says what are you talking about there's Betty Crocker Sarah Lee mm-hmm. and Jemima like yeah uh, they're kind of an easy joke. I think it was right they were right to cut it yeah I, it, uh, but I'm glad that it gets to live forever in that commercial I also just love the emphasis Beverly D'Angelo sings this great entirely mm-hmm. but her emphasis on that's right like, yes that's right I finally bagged me over and oh that teeth grinding sound I am one of those like when I clean with like a brush that sound sets me off and the yeah. same deal with like this teeth grinding sound it always sets but the me
5: animation off. on the grinding is so good <laughs> oh mm-hmm. she's so
0: mad yeah, yeah. I I, I also just love round, goofy Simpson teeth. Yeah. Yes. Some of my favorite drawings. Yes. Yeah.
5: And she almost, her mouth starts to turn almost into like a Wallace and Gromit Ardman mouth. It yeah. like stretches out so wide. <laughs> yeah.
0: So we get a success montage, which is also in every uh, movie music biopic. Mm. Okay, Griffin, when did you as a kid get these variety jokes? Like, I, they were in like Tiny Tunes and, and this. And, and I was about I was to 10, say Tiny right tunes as well.
5: Me. Yeah. No, I think this was a case of because i was like watching so much of this i was reading a lot of mad magazine i think it's one of those things where i reverse engineered what the real variety was from the references first I think when I would see something like this that I didn't get that was clearly riffing on real life, then I immediately went, "I need to figure out what this is in order to feel smart." <laughs> and
0: yeah, Variety doesn't do these type of headlines anymore, though. No, like,
5: Variety yeah. headlines no. are like incredibly boring, which yeah. is just like Disney announces Captain America four.
3: <laughs> it, it was that uh, that Animaniac song. It was called Variety Speak, yes. and they would like translate the headlines, and then I like yeah. retroactively understood all of these. But I think Th- that, that must yeah. have been
5: my first exposure.
3: Yeah. I, I think this is reference to like Hicks Nick Sex flicks or whatever like the, sure. the, the erotic movies didn't play well in rural parts of the uh, world or something right. I think yeah, that's
0: right. what it was yeah I uh, that, oh, so it's
5: <laughs> literally riffing on like an infamous real one you're saying yeah and I, yeah. I've
3: seen so many parodies of just that headline yeah. like Hicks nicks sex flicks I can look up the actual one yeah. but yeah.
0: yeah I also really like it. it's a family operation they're all kissing the records like yeah I got to hope Homer at least sold enough records that they make the joke that Homer loses a ton of money on selling her contract to uh, Togasaki Corporation Sure. But I hope they sold enough records to at least get back the uh, investment he made of their life savings into the place. Okay. Yeah, uh, I
5: think my my feeling watching is, oh, he came out even. Yeah. But I think yeah. that's key because, like, Homer can't have really benefited. He can't have gained wealth from her. It needs to remain a sort of act out of the kindness of his heart.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. Just so
3: no one corrects us. And that's the most important thing about having a podcast. Of course. Uh, <laughs> the reference is Sticks, nicks, Hicks, Picks. And the meaning behind that is people in rural areas did not want to see dep- depictions of rural life, that they were not interested in gotcha. seeing those sorts of uh, movies. So they, they didn't see Coal Miner's Daughter. Mm, not man. interested.
0: <laughs> uh, so Homer, after all this, visits with Lorraine one more time, privately alone in her trailer. Uh-huh. And uh, he tells her that, I mean, honestly, I am really impressed that homer with zero music industry connections books her on the equivalent of hee-haw yeah, in that universe yeah. like mm-hmm. it's really it took years to cultivate connections to to book guests on a podcast like yes homer the,
5: does this immediately that having I'm been said a good example of oh the show's 22 minutes long yes yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, doesn't yeah. have time to explain everything <laughs> it, with the
0: length of the story
5: it wants to tell mm-hmm. and the depth of it basically Let, let's yeah. just
0: say yahoo called him and like yeah. hey we heard this song on there we want your girl and yeah. it's
3: it's a local show let's say right yeah, yeah. Uh, you
5: could also just go like talent undeniable
0: right mm-hmm. they hear
5: her and it just makes sense and yeah exactly
0: actually it has to be local and live for the end of the episode to work actually yeah yeah, yeah that's true
3: <laughs> yeah uh, i said this up front though but like what a beautiful sequence what a, like a genuinely beautiful song i'm sad this is not on any of the albums mm. uh, it should be yeah and uh, like one little thing i noticed uh, is that lurleen is trying to tell him a direct message and she even like scooches closer to him as she's playing the song one thing i noticed this viewing is Homer moves over a little bit when she moves over not yeah. out of fear like oh no get away from me he's like oh I'll be polite you need She's more room right Yeah, yeah.
0: right. Our, our normal amount of distance is oh you accidentally nudged close to me that's okay I'll just yeah away yeah, yeah. Yeah.
4: guess what Lurleen I got you a gig on TV oh Homer you're as smart as you are handsome Hey, oh you meant that as a compliment now on this show they want you to sing two songs maybe we should give them something new
6: Well, I have been working on something that could really heat things up. Let's hear it. In this trailer, I get so cold and lonely. Lying there awake at night, muttering, if only you weren't married. So I might ask you to bunk with me tonight. Bunk with me tonight, oh. Bunk with me tonight. I'm asking, will you bunk with me tonight?
4: Oh, that's hot. There isn't a man alive who wouldn't get turned on by that. Well, goodbye. Uh, Homer,
6: there's a hidden message to this song that you may have missed. Really listen. Bunk with me tonight. Uh huh. Bunk with me tonight. Right. I'm asking, will you bunk with me tonight? <gasps> Lorraine. That's right, Homer Jay.
4: Uh, I gotta think about this.
0: The way she is staring him in the face and saying, bunk with me tonight, he doesn't get, he's like, oh man, not a man alive who wouldn't get turned on by that. Well, see ya. And the way she has to, I love, D'Angelo again, great acting in this silly character has to say, bunk with me like she has to over enunciate it while pointing at Homer and putting a finger on his lips of like eh Eh?" like he finally finally gets it there but once again I think that's
5: why she is so attracted to Homer is like you know introduced with her begrudgingly accepting that someone is going to say something harassing to her right Mm -hmm. and then he's the first guy who doesn't and even the more overt she becomes in her come-ons he at no point reveals that he is only with her to at some point Mm -hmm you know sexually exploit her and it's like the more it flies over his head I think the more hung up on him she becomes and
0: it's starting she's maybe even starting to take it personally like no seriously like right am I, have, am I not desirable like yeah. let's have sex come on yeah uh, but yeah he her her song is so uh, sweet and intimate like it is really done well yeah mm-hmm. I think graining graining uh, wrote a good and graining is quick to say I wrote the lyrics I didn't yes. do the music I'm not trying to take too much credit for it yeah it's not nice i mean it's nice on the commentary in general grading is very like yes technically i wrote this one but we all know it's not just me who wrote it like yeah uh but homer runs off in this moment uh and he says i gotta think about this like he's not he's not breaking things off just yet uh so homer heads home and this is when marge she has to make one final plea to homer
1: all our money's tied up in this woman if she fails we're broke if she succeeds, I have no husband. I don't know what to root for. You don't. I gotta go,
2: Homer.
4: Later, Marge. Lurleen's on TV tonight. I gotta get ready. <laughs> uh, uh, uh.
1: Just so you know, while you and Lurleen were out judging that grease pig contest, <laughs> Maggie cut her first tooth.
4: That's great, honey. Say, have you seen my rattlesnake headband?
1: Not even listening to me. Sure, they will. <laughs> kids will you come in here you've got a wonderful family homer please don't forget it when you walk out that door tonight uh i gotta go as much as i hate that man right now you gotta love that suit
0: (laughs) bart is aware that he's about to lose his father maybe like he's he's, but yeah you know this this maybe feels a little Jim Brooksy to me too that this yes. is not this is not directly like Marge isn't saying do not leave me I know you're thinking of leaving me She's there's just... almost a
5: quiet resignation to her feeling like I, I know where this is going and yeah. there's nothing I can do at this point but yeah.
0: please let me present to you your family one more time right. to make right. it clear like this is what you're losing yeah. this, you're giving this up if you do this yeah it it feels like a sequel to the one in uh, Life in the Fast Lane Homer discovered the glove mm-hmm. and that he says to Marge he compliments her how she she makes him lunch but he doesn't he doesn't say please don't leave me he's just like you're really special you know that like uh just trying
3: to find any hook to bring uh, them back right yes, yeah mm-hmm. but and the fa- i forgot the kids are just in their sunday best to present them as <laughs> like look at your your sparkling children
0: yeah here's their them at their best light. level yeah yes. I also, I love how, how Patty says, you know, like, that's, that's <laughs> uh, stuck with me a long time. <laughs> now we have
3: to talk about hee-haw. All right. Because... I, I want to just quickly
5: say oh, also, uh, a thing I caught in the, the bit with the gallbladder surgery is Kavner does the voice of, of you know, the aide yeah, or whatever. Yeah, she's like a nurse, yeah. You <laughs> so rarely hear her pick up just little one-shot characters like that, even if
0: only for a line. Yeah. And,
3: and then it's immediately distracting. You're like, well, that's yeah, Julie Kavner because right. no one sounds like right. her. Exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's it's too bad for her at table reads. Like that, she, other characters, all the other actors, even uh, other than Yardley, it's her and yeah. Yardley. Everybody else at the table read, they get so many incidental characters. Like Nancy plays yeah. half the children, and Dan and Harry and Hank. But Marge, if Marge is not in a scene or Patty and Selma at a table read, she must just like sit there twiddling her thumbs. Yeah. Of just yeah. like, well, I'll wait for my life. We, not to talk about our table read for the 800th time on this podcast. Uh, but... Someone's
3: filling out a bingo card right now. <laughs>
0: But when we went to it, the episode was the Cincinnati Chili episode they did that mm-hmm. focused on just Skinner and Chalmers. Julie Kavner was there and sat through the whole thing and said nothing until the very end of it. And every everybody applauded, like, yay, Julie's line. Like Mark Hamill at The Force Awakens. It's uh, yeah. where it's like, Do you want to read
5: the <laughs> stage directions? <laughs>
0: uh, but uh, but yes, he, sorry. Uh, Bob, oh, yeah.
3: Hee-haw. Yes. So, uh, yes, we have Yahoo. Hee-haw. This parody owned that show so hard. Hard, it went off the air the next summer. So wow. after twenty six <laughs> seasons and almost seven hundred episodes, wow Hee Haw went off the air in ninety three. And if you don't know what it is, it's what they're presenting here. It's like a a country variety show with like sketch comedy and uh you know, musical acts. And I think actually maybe younger people and Zoomers might know about it through Family Guy because they're running gag and now Mr. Conway Twitty, where they throw to an actual live action Conway Twitty performance.
0: For like two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Those are wow. those are clips
3: okay. of him on yeah. Haw. That's wild. Yeah. And it's a good way to kill time in an episode. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's essentially all you need to know. But uh, yeah. as a kid, the cartoon intro would pull me in and then it'd just be like a bunch mm. of people I didn't know. So it was a big disappointment for me personally.
0: Yeah, I never, despite my uh, being born in Arkansas, I actually barely watched any Hee Haw growing up. I knew it more for jokes like this. Like, honestly, of syndicated uh, comedy that would be put on late at night after Saturday Night Live in some markets, I saw much more of Showtime at the Apollo. Yeah, that's what they had in New York,
5: Surprisingly, yeah. it was always Showtime after SNL, yeah, yeah.
0: which was good. I always like watching. Yeah, but, uh, but Sandman, yeah. baby. But it's funny that Hee Haw was also like it had two seasons on CBS, canceled, and they're like, now nah, we're going straight to syndication." These country, these city folks don't know how to sell us in yeah. Los Angeles, and and it worked for twenty whole years. It worked, and and yeah, I think it was a rite of passage for a country singer to do mm-hmm. uh, a Hee Haw show. I also, when I think of Hee Haw, I think of the Wonder shows and parody horse apples. Yes. Which, uh, uh, is, the
3: relentlessly cruel and dark version. Yeah.
0: It was the zoom in on the end of every joke that made me laugh so much. Like, not just seeing uh, Zach Galifianakis talking, <laughs> an, an extra Southern accent. Yes. Yeah. yes. Uh,
3: and Hank Azaria is having so much fun. And apparently uh, a lot of these were improvised by him. I think Big Shirtless Ron <laughs> oh, wow. is something he came
0: up with. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I've got the clip of the full opening credits here. They're all, all of them great.
4: Hold on to your pitchforks, everybody. It's time again for... Yeah! Starring in alphabetical order... Yodel and Zeke, Butterball Jackson, Retta Boy and Yuma, Cloris Moselle, Big Shirtless Ron, Orville and Hurley, Kathy May, Pip Diddler, Rooney, the Yahoo Recovering Alcoholic Jug Band, and tonight in her syndicated TV debut, Lurleen!
6: Oh, the bases were empty
4: on the Excuse me, are you Colonel Homer Simpson? Yes, I am. I'm from Rebel Yell Records, a division of Tokusagi Corporation. I'm interested in buying Lurleen's contract. Forget it, pal. They don't call me Colonel Homer because I'm some dumbass army guy.
0: Uh, that that clip, of course, ends with Homer being offered to have uh, Learnline's contract bought out, and because this is the '90s, it's a joke about the Japanese are buying everything. Yes, uh, of yes. Course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which now that now the jokes, I guess, the Chinese are buying everything, or you know, Saudi Arabia is buying. I a was going to say, yeah. yeah. If you're talking about rich countries buying stuff japan not that the japanese can't buy things they buy companies too but it's it's not the same uh but yeah big shirtless Ron. i want to see more of that guy that's what i'm saying mm-hmm. but uh and yes hip diddler is buck owens the the host i mean they're that's who they're uh parroting there i also love that when they introduce her they say it's her syndicated tv debut uh-huh. not tv debut it which is also true it's her tv debut but they uh, the joke is making it lesser like it lessens it by being a syndicated TV debut. Also, when they parody the hee haw opening, the mule's head fully explodes, and it's just like a stump. Like it's it's like an itchy and scratchy level. I was going to say it's very yeah. yeah. All yeah. the
5: animation is more violent in the Simpsons world. Yeah. When, when I watch the
3: intro again, it's like oh, the donkey isn't getting drunk and it doesn't explode, so yeah. <laughs> it just says hee haw.
0: And uh, yes, uh, we do even see her sitting on that fiberglass hay she was talking about, and and yeah, Homer, just like Colonel Tom Parker, he's not some dumbass army guy that's not why he's called the well colonel. I, I
5: love that the joke is almost like i have the title of the colonel to be more like colonel tom parker it's that stolen valor rather than pretending i was in the army he's, you know he's
0: stealing the valor of a person who stole that exactly yeah. right which
5: now has become shorthand for her music manager yeah
0: uh and so uh homer then uh, visits her she says like i uh, know it could make the evening complete she locks him in the room <laughs> him. and this is when she's finally making her move and you you know i think this is just to fill out a little more time with this cutaway to flashbacks like it feels very gene and Reese. the more emotionally honest thing would just be they get straight to homer reaction to the kiss of like no but yeah Instead, it works more like Homer's like I don't know what to think about that kiss, and then they keep kissing. Yeah. I was like, wait, that's weird. It's yeah. the one
5: moment that feels a little off to me in yeah. the episode. Yeah,
3: I guess it, Homer has to be so lost in thought. Yeah, he doesn't realize he's being made out with because yes. we we fade from the flashback of him kissing Marge to him kissing Lurleen, and it's like, what are the connect? What's the connective tissue here? How is this happening? <laughs>
0: yeah. It it almost seems like she took advantage of knowing that he was in a flashback and staring yeah. into space. She's but like, no, well, no, just yeah. kiss him now while he's staring into space. <laughs> yeah yeah it's also i think it seems to imply that homer never got kissed by any woman before marge and yeah and would be his second yeah also every time i see teen homer drawn i'm like well that's just fry like that's just <laughs> yeah, fry, yeah. And teen the hair homer. flip yeah though they give homer uh they always do this it's graining it's graining's hair or it was Graining. what graining's hair was like when he was a teenager too the the big sloppy mop which uh, i love uh, having that hair as well but yeah so homer he's shocked out of it by this kiss he has this huge opening, but he turns Lurline down in our last clip here.
4: I'm sorry, Lurline. All I wanted to do was share your beautiful voice with other people, and I've done that. Now I better get out of here before I lose my family. Just so I don't wonder, you would have gone all the way with me, wouldn't you?
2: huh.
4: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Now, before we negotiate, I have to tell you I'm desperate to unload Luraline, and I'll take any offer. I'll give you 50 bucks. You shut up! a Sold.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's their way of getting around like so homer's not a millionaire from selling a yeah. contract yeah. yeah which though apparently that is like tom parker got elvis's contract for a steal as well mm-hmm. at least based on the plot of the movie i watched you know uh, th-
3: this and burns for a coffin to work teaches you don't say you're desperate before you enter a negotiation <laughs> yeah. right true, like, yeah you are desperate uh, to buy we are to sell
0: let's all remember this in our own lives with negotiations though yeah him turning back to be like but we would have had sex right like that it cuts a little out of it yeah. it a little bit especially yeah. how homer goes like mm. like yeah it, he it makes it clear when he first said no he wasn't sure exactly what he was saying no to and now he does know and, he and i also think it. It. it's
5: like the whole point is he's been so oblivious about it. it's mm-hmm. not like the mindy simmons episode where it's all about the temptation yeah yeah you he, know it's he, all he, about that desire the whole time now yeah.
0: it's just him kicking himself right after like well and also the way she says uh-huh is just like she's saying okay so are we doing this like right. uh-huh and he's like "No." Oh. well you yeah like the flashback and
5: the implication that this would be like the second woman he ever kissed it cheapens the whole thing to just being like well at this point whatever emotional connection he has to Lurleen feels secondary to the idea of like I
0: could get laid with another woman
5: it feels almost removed from
0: her this opportunity never presents itself to me yeah it's not that he yeah it certainly does ditch the emotional connections he's had with Lurleen this entire episode yeah Yeah. Uh, so we cut back home for one last joke and uh, they, they joke with Mark Kirk on the commentary that he the director of the episode often would draw marge nude in bed like he always loved doing that that marge would sleep naked which... did he
5: also draw the uh, the playboy issue the most cursed image
3: in uh, human history? no
0: you know uh, our... it's not
3: bill morrison it's no, somebody it's not, else yeah our, okay. our
0: pal nina matsumoto was just talking about that in the uh in the discord actually naming the artist who did it but i satan? forget yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's he... in league with satan yeah apparently uh, look it's <laughs> good line work yes yeah it's but also it's like hey we can see you can see racier stuff than that uh directly advertised to you on too many porn sites so yes, though yes maybe those have calmed down some since so that that joke on detroiters of uh i think it's Sicily strong it is listing just all of the characters uh having sex with each other yeah that's a really good joke look look that up on Detroiters. the
3: artist was juliet prate okay wow. Julius okay. prate
0: had a clip of him saying like yeah here's my first draft and playboy wanted it sex so so if you want to blame the cursiveness on it uh, put it on yeah. editorial yeah. Okay. Yes. yeah <laughs> but uh yahoo must be a live television show because homer comes straight there while it is still on the air yep. or maybe it's like on a six hour tape delay Yeah, like the same day live to tape yeah yeah. yeah yeah maybe one of those but uh yeah see i love that she just like in a silly movie or in a biopic she says i'm gonna sing a song i wrote just this moment <laughs> like I, <laughs> yeah. I just wrote this song that sums up everything uh, and it's a." Uh, title's a parody of stand by your man uh by tammy Wynette, uh which i mainly know for the jan hooks parody of it stand by your man stand by from snl that oh she, okay she sings the joke was tammy Wynette sings all these classic songs but it's just her replacing all the lyrics with stand by your man including uh symphony orchestra <laughs> but but okay here's the last song here as homer and marge make up and i'll drop it right in
4: i caught my wife in bed with my best friend you bitter Yep. Bet him too.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: and now, once again, Lurley. Homer? Is there any room in that bed for a dad burn fool? Always has been.
6: Now I'd like to play a song I, I wrote just this minute. It's called Stand By Your Manager. His name is Homer. He's quite a man. I tried to kiss him But Homer ran Sure wish I could say That I was his I hope that Marge knows Just how lucky she is
0: I do marge needs to learn through the lyrics that homer she attempted to kiss him and then homer ran like that yeah that's yeah. how she forgives him
3: unlike apu she's not lying through song
0: that's true yeah, yeah. she that's... needs
5: lurleen to basically settle her doubts yeah. rather than homer doing anything yeah
0: she's past believing him i yeah. i also you know i know they play it for comedy but i like homer's undressing i am positive on that they the way he looks down at his gut i'm like Egh. like uh, <laughs> but but obviously the joke is you're smart supposed to be like look at this you, you fat asshole he, they
3: made him look extra big I don't know if it's yes. just the fact that he's disrobing but uh, there's some very large uh, larger than yeah, charge he's, homers he's
0: got a variable gut
5: depending on yeah the shot depending on how funny this the the shape could
2: be
0: and I love they don't go with one last joke they're like no let's have a sweet ending of Marge going like I hope that Marge knows how lucky she is I do and they yeah. kiss and he throws his hat and it covers the camera for the ending like it's it's a really Great
5: and I think when they try to do sweet endings like that now, they feel maudlin. Mm-hmm. rather than earnest you know yeah not I, not now i'm saying uh in a general sense as the show progresses often yeah
3: i think the sweetness might linger too long here uh it, it's brief enough it's where it a doesn't little yeah grace note yeah.
0: and it's it's supported with a great song too mm-hmm, yeah that too yeah <laughs> but yeah i guess uh in final thoughts on this i think it is a nice love story uh with with beautiful animation and great songs and beverly d'angelo is so great i think the as far as homer actually being tempted the last two temptation episode i think of that as a funnier episode than mm-hmm. this one but and and as you said griffin it gets more to actually like homer's libido and his actual yes. like sexual interest in someone but this is a this is a sweet story that i think graining brought a lot of uh, sweetness to it as well yeah, yeah
5: great new character great songs and as i said when you gave me the options of episodes to pick i said i like my simpsons sad <laughs> i like this moment where it could be both you know in any kind of equal uh measure
3: marge and-
0: really suffers in this one <laughs> yeah yeah.
5: yeah, I guess my
3: very brief final thoughts are a uh, very solid episode. And I also think that these songs are often forgotten about when we talk about like what are great Simpsons songs because mm-hmm. they're not necessarily that funny. Yeah, but I think they are very essential to the plot and also composition wise. They are just so sound and I, I yeah. like hearing them, but it, they're not the most hilarious songs out of context, which is why I think they're often forgotten about.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, uh, yes, as you said, Bob, Beverly D'Angelo did return in Papa Don't Leach, uh, which is mainly known for an opening that that freaked out fans because it parodied sopranos in homer suffocating abe to death in a dream yeah that was it is very upsetting to see (laughs) yeah but it also is just one of those it is
5: nice to just think that lurleen ended up vaguely okay Mm -hmm. and when they bring her back And they sort of try to cut against that. It was always these isolated sort of one-off jokes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, okay, fine. I can sort of ignore this. It doesn't really feel like it's real. And then to do a follow-up episode so long later, that is like her life got so much worse. She's in really dire straits. And as they try to help her, you find out about additional trauma earlier in her life. So it's like things are bad now. And also things (laughs) were even worse pre-Homer than you realize. It just feels like it's a bummer episode to kick her
0: that much and the act three is derailed because it then turns into a, G- a dixie chicks episode yes yeah i forgot she's not yeah. really
3: even the focus it seems yeah it's for the ve- most part it's
0: very distracting i think we got the sense from talking to the writer of the episode that the dixie chicks came in in a rewrite right that was yeah. reed harrison right reed Harrison. I thought one, so. one of our oldest interviews yes uh, god that's like five years ago and uh you know what don't listen to that because there's a bad feedback hub on it it was very early <laughs> in our recording We are time. still learning. But yeah. Griffin,
3: has to get out of here. Griffin yes, Newman, thanks Griffin. for being on the show. My pleasure. Please My let gosh. us know where to find you. you got a lot of stuff going on. Obviously, Blank Check, a fantastic yeah. podcast. But what else is going on in the world of Griffin? Uh,
5: blank, blank Check's the main thing I always try to plug. Uh, George Lucas Talk Show is all available on YouTube. I'm in town for that right now. The SF Sketch Fest, which is why uh, I was able to be in person. Yes, thank but you. But we, uh, we do some live traveling shows. We haven't done a live stream, pure live stream show in a little while but our archives of all our past live streams are on YouTube which is too many hours of stuff and then yeah, has a voiceover actor Disenchanted on Disney Plus right alongside Billie Eilish's Simpson short <laughs> uh, I play a talking chipmunk it, and when I
0: started watching that
5: movie and heard your voice first, I was like wow
0: he, he's the narrator That's It's awesome
5: it's pretty cr- I mean yeah. you know if you want to talk about uh, how far the entertainment industry has fallen in the last 15 <laughs> years the first Enchanted movie is narrated by Julie Andrews and the second Enchanted movie is narrated by griffin newman um but yeah it's a, I think it's a really fun movie i love playing that character oh and you're you're great
0: and and i love your orco on, on masters thank of the Coming universe you.
5: i think the new season will come out sometime this year masters of the universe revolution
0: Ah, right. Oh, yes. that's great. It's, it's the new, new subtitle for it. Yes, but, it's
5: yeah. a re- it's a really, really fun season, I think. I'm going back in to record some more stuff for that, which makes me think animation is close to being done because it's usually then when they bring you back.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved, uh, yeah. Everybody goes through quite an arc in there, even even Silly Old Orko. Uh, yeah, as it yeah. Was, uh, it and <laughs> I
5: think if you're a, a Motu fan, they, they're pulling some characters off the bench in this new season that I was kind of astonished by. There are some Ooh. real deep cuts. And cool cuts and cool casting for those deep cuts.
0: Now, yeah, the half the fun of watching the show is just hearing a voice and going like, "Wait, who's that?" Yeah. And then like, "Oh, that's that is uh, the late Kevin Conroy." I wish my one pull wasn't oh,
3: something kind sad. Sarah I would, Michelle like, Gellar. Yeah, 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 she's <laughs> in it, right? Yes. No,
5: there are like two or three ones in this season. I think people are gonna lose their minds when they hear hmm. that person is playing that part oh
0: boy i can't wait yeah no uh but we we really appreciate griffin we're so happy to have you in person our first in-person guest in so long uh it's so happy to break the curse thank you you, yes thank you griffin
3: Thank you once again to Griffin Newman for coming all the way to Berkeley and being on the show. Please check out what he's doing. A blank check, George Lucas talk show, everything. Griffin is a very very busy man. As for us, if you want to check out more of what we do and get all these episodes one week at a time and at free, please go to patreon.com slash talking simpsons. Sign up there at the $5 level. You'll get just that, but also access to everything behind that paywall. That includes all of our uh, series episodes covering things like uh, Futurama, King of the Hill, Batman, the animated series, The Critic, and Mission Hill, and that $5 Level also gets you access to regular new episodes of both Talking Futurama and Talking in the Hill every month. There's a lot happening there. So many things you haven't heard if you're not a patron, happening at patreon.com/slash talking simpsons. And there's a $10 level too. When you sign up for that, you get access to all the five dollar stuff naturally. But you can also access one extremely long podcast once a month, only for patrons of that level or higher. And what is that, Henry?
0: Bob is talking about the What a Cartoon Movie Podcast, where we talk about an animated feature film just as in depth as we do an episode of The Simpsons, which often means We talked for over four or five even six hours about an animated movie last month we did the batman superman world's finest movie first meeting of them in the dc animated universe uh you know the bruce tim stuff we had a ton of fun with that in march we haven't yet decided what we're going to be doing we're recording this one really early but the month before that we covered disney's dumbo and we went really deep into the creation of that disney classic there's a giant back catalog of over 50 episodes four years worth of what a cartoon movie podcast in addition to all the five dollar things bob mentioned we cover everything from akira to a goofy movie spider-man in the spider-verse to Beavis and butthead do the universe it's an eclectic group of movies there including if you are a fan of this movie just like griffin newman is you will want to hear our crown jewel of the what a cartoon movie franchise our six and a half hour long who framed roger rabbit discussion please check it all out for yourself at patreon.com slash talking simpsons
3: As for me, I've been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. You can follow me on Twitter as Bob Servo. And my other podcast, by the way, is Retronauts. That's a classic gaming podcast all about old video games. Find that wherever you find podcasts or go to patreon.com slash retronauts. Sign up there for two full-length bonus episodes every month. And Henry, how about
4: you?
0: Follow me on Twitter at H E N E R E Y G. I'm tweeting up a storm there. Also, if you're following me and Bob on Twitter, please follow at Talk Simpsons Pod on Twitter as well as on Instagram. That's at Talk Simpsons Pod in both places. You'll stay in the loop when new episodes go live or when we've got a cool thing happening on the Patreon or on the free feed. And of course, if you want an easy to explore list of every free podcast we have released of Talking Simpsons or our sister podcast, What a Cartoon, please head over to talkingsimpsonspodcast.com to explore the archive. Thanks so much for listening, folks. We'll see you again next time for Season 13's Little Girl
3: in the Big Ten, and we'll see you then.
1: The violence, you'll never get desensitized to it. Just
2: tell me when the scary part's over. It's over.